Hey, thanks for calling SHP. Go ahead and leave a message after the But that was just an example. Here's the actual beep. Hey, Larry, this is Brady. Look, guys, a pod about my girlfriend will never be underwritten by corporate overlord industries ever. Period. Everyone and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Today we're talking about Reliant K's most punk song. <laughs> Is it? I don't think so. Well, it's certainly- we're talking about the song that's just here to spoil the minds of our children. Even mentioning the words "mm," I'm not going to say them. So immediately, it puts the seed of evil in the mi- in the minds of our children. It definitely has the most punk rock lyric of all Reliant K lyrics. <laughs> oh boy. Marilyn Manson shows are overpriced. Yeah, like what the hell? It's <laughs> See, I'm already swearing because we're talking about Marilyn Manson. You would rather gaze into Satan's eyes than on a steeple. Sounds so cool. Can I do both? <laughs> Why not both? Yeah. So today we're talking about Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend, a.k.a. my girlfriend. Right. How are you going to title this in our feed? Are you going to call it Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend or are you going to call it My Girlfriend? Well, that's a good question because the song is just called My Girlfriend, which obviously is like not censorship, but like not calling attention. Because on, yeah, on On all work and no play, the demo, it is called Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend. Right. And then it's clear that they called it My Girlfriend because they didn't want a CD that even had the words Marilyn Manson. Well, because otherwise Goatee wouldn't have put it out, Dan. Exactly. I just had a crazy memory because <laughs> of this. Maybe I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, it's called Marilyn Manson, My Girlfriend on All Work, but it's just called My Girlfriend on the self-titled. I'll probably just call it Marilyn Manson, My Girlfriend, because I feel like that'll yeah. get more eyes. Yeah. You know what else will happen <laughs> if someone's like, you know, you know just like how we accidentally tricked hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people into listening to our Christmas episodes mm-hmm. because they were like typed in Reliant yeah. K sleigh ride and they picked us first <laughs> and then they heard our voices. If I pick Marilyn, if I type in Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend, then on Spotify, if someone is like, oh, I want to listen to Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend, they'll type in Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend, but that won't come up because it's not called on Spotify on Apple. It's not called Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend. It's just called my girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to do some more uh, trickery, some more (laughs) SEO trickery. So the memory I just had, this is, so back before, 1997, 1997, I mean. Picture it, 1997. 1997, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones are on the air. (laughs) Bill Clinton is well into his second term as President of the United States. Um, Saturday Night Live has <laughs> the cheerleaders and Mango, and young Daniel Leary is going to Lexington Christian Academy in Lexington, Massachusetts. 
I only went there for one year because the Christian schools I normally went to, like the Christian, basically I went to this one Christian school that was similar to yours, where it's like a whole, well, you didn't go to Christian school, but one of those, I went to mostly one of those Christian schools where it's like 20 people in a basement all wearing polo shirts. You know what I mean? And then... (laughs) And See, then, so my school was not Christian, but it was like 20 kids wearing polo shirts, but in like an an office building on like Main Street USA is the best way that I can I can state that. Or not like an office, not like what you think of as an office building, but like right. a, a storefront right on well, that's Celebration one of, Avenue one of my schools, across one, from the bank. One of my church slash schools was also like that. It was like in a business plaza where you'd probably have like plumbers and tax attorneys and like, you know, a business center. It was like, a, but it was a plaza shape. There was right. no retail stores. Oh, no, this was like, because Celebration is just a cutesy town. There isn't like, right. y- you know, like office buildings and stuff like that. Well, there kind of is now, but in the back. Anyways, this is right on like the main street as you drive <laughs> yes. in. Like, and it's like, here's a cutesy doctor's office. Here's a cutesy bank. And right across the street is another cutesy business. Only it's a school. Right. Well, ultimately, I spent most of my years going to two different Christian schools that were like polo shirt uniforms located in business plazas attached to a church. But for this one year in between those two schools, I went to a Christian academy that was actually very close to a standard high school, like a standard high school type building. Like it was probably, I always guess, but I'm not sure that's probably some like high school building that the town didn't need anymore. So they sold it to a private academy. It's big, had lockers, had a gym, like a full size high school, Mm. but it was a private high school. Uh, They didn't even, they had a dress code, but no uniforms. Yeah. I went to that school. It's called Lexington Christian Academy in Lexington, Massachusetts, 1997. And because this is like a pre-social media world, I just got this dumb idea to make these like funny flyers, basically like proto, proto, proto memes. (laughs) Like I would make flyers with jokes and fun sayings and little artwork and stuff. So this is the earliest version of your memes. Yes. And I would put them on the front of my locker. I made like comic strips in the computer, like out of like paste, you know, cut and paste art. I did like, yeah, I did all kinds of stuff. But one time, and I, I would have to think about all the different ideas, but they were proto memes, proto, proto, proto memes, because one of them was like, one of them was like, I made a fake and I did not like, and getting into Marilyn Manson a little bit. I do not, I've never cared for like this kind of metal or this kind of like hard, hard rock. Like right. I just don't care about heavy, I would like some heavy metal and whatever, but I don't like Marilyn Manson. It has nothing to do with his satanic roots or anything. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I just didn't care for Marilyn Manson music. I didn't care for OzFest and I made a fake poster for OzFest 97 <laughs> coming soon. But then I listed like bands that would never appear at OzFest. <laughs> nice. And I listed Marilyn Manson in there as a joke. But then as a joke, I censored the name Marilyn Manson because I knew it's a Christian school. Right. But then of all my posters, I got in, I got like a talking to about that <gasps> one because it said Marilyn Manson. <laughs> In a censored way, just because the word Marilyn wow. Manson existed Whoa. in the school. And the joke was, I know this is a Christian school and they've tolerated these paper memes that I've put on my <laughs> locker. Right. But I've like, I censored the name they and it still problem, wasn't They didn't have a problem enough. with Ozzy? They didn't have a problem with it being Ozfest or I probably named one or two other, you know, Ozfest 
appropriate bands and then a bunch of bands that were like jokes that would never donnie and marie or something i don't remember right. what bands i listed and these because like i feel like gone. marilyn manson would totally play at Ozfest. yeah because he, he plays yeah. it like with like um did. i'm sure he did i he just did a tour um a couple months ago with um with uh rob zombie right no i think marilyn manson did play Ozfest in the 90s i think that's why he listed him i think but yeah, I just had that memory. <laughs> well, so it's anyway. funny that you said 1997 because I didn't realize that he has been around for as long as he has been. I don't I don't know. I didn't I'll get more into it in a little bit, but like I I didn't really know a lot about Marilyn Manson. It was just other than what was in sort of the general zeitgeist. So mm-hmm. I definitely did not realize. I thought he came out in like, I don't know, the 2000s or something. But right. yeah, I didn't realize. He goes back to 1994. Yes. And that's another funny thing about my my relationship with <laughs> Marilyn Manson. <laughs> is Marilyn Manson is almost to me like the anti they might be giants. Because okay, explain. For, for me... My musical taste when they first develop into like mainstream rock, it's like grunge, right? And like Nirvana yeah. and uh, Silver Chair and Bush and all of those type of bands that I was into and Smashing Pumpkins because they were on MTV at the time when I'm finally turning into a pre-tween and getting into what is cool music. And that's what MTV is playing as far as alternative rock goes. So I get into all of that. Ultimately, that like all that music's good and everything, but like... That music is loaded for me with this pre with this tween angst that I don't like to think about. So ultimately, by the late '90s, that's when I start getting to skate punk and ska music, and it feels like a night and day for me. And I've never and ska and punk and skate punk have stayed with me to this day. They, they're like a positive force in my life. And when I go back and listen to grunge music, it's fun and all, but like it still reminds me of those desperate yeah between days right. it has this emotion <laughs> loaded into it this basically this negative nostalgia the 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 thread that connects those two time frames for me is they might be giants right so because i i never disliked they might be giants throughout all of those those two eras for me marilyn manson my best friend growing up michael right who we both got into all the same kind of grunge bands at the same time as I was drifting away from him as a friend and getting ready to discover MXPX and 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 the Mighty Mighty Bostones and Five and Frenzy in those bands, and he was drifting away and he wasn't giving me my friend anymore, he was getting into Marilyn Manson. He had a Marilyn <laughs> like the one of the last few times I would go to his house. It, you know, I would go to his house almost every day for years for months. So of Marilyn childhood. Manson ate your best friend. Er, Marilyn Manson ate my best friend. <laughs> And so as we drifted apart, he went into Marilyn Manson and I went off and got into Fat Wreck and Skate Punk and Warp Tour. So Nice. Well, before we go any further, do we have any top of the show business? Because we kind of didn't just even went connect right to the They Might Be that. Giants thing, I was thinking, except that like he was there. He was always interested in Marilyn Manson. Like he was he knew about Marilyn Manson from early on, mm-hmm. before Marilyn Manson was huge on the radio with his Eurythmics cover and all that stuff. He, he, my friend Michael was already into them. So he was like, they were like his, they might be giants, perceivably. <laughs> but then we kind of split off into these other directions and he went off with his Marilyn Manson and I went. Anyway, voicemails. Um, <laughs> other than the one we had at the top of the show, the very right. top of the show. So, yes, thank you to Brady for helping us with our opening <laughs> bit. Um, Yes, we do have a voicemail, and it goes like... We have one more voicemail, and it goes like this. We have a couple other voicemails. Okay. But we have one more on the theme of Brady's, and it goes like this. 
Hey, Larry's, uh, this is Daniel Lickman. An F about a song about Marilyn Manson will never, ever be on a podcast put out by Podbean Podcast. Period. <laughs> so Daniel is trying, Daniel, you can see my socks is trying to get in on the oh, man. opening action, but we had already asked Brady behind oh, the no. scenes to do it. But he was like, yeah, Podbean will never put out a podcast. Podbean. <laughs> like we're beholden to Podbean. Yeah. Like we don't pay them. <laughs> Um, Thank you, Daniel. You can see my socks. Leary. Oh, wait, that's not your last name. <laughs> what? I'm getting confused now. Is this just me in some sort of like fight club scenario where I'm leaving myself voicemails? No, he's got a way better voice. Thanks a lot. Well, from that, we have one other voicemail from David Ketch from a couple weeks back, and I didn't have time for this in our John Schneck interview. Um, but here is David talking about how he appreciated that we went and did a part two of our Justin Bieber baby discussion. Talk about Marilyn Manson and Justin yeah. Bieber. Remember that whole controversy a couple years ago? Nope. When Justin Bieber wore a Marilyn Manson t-shirt and everyone was so upset and Marilyn Manson was like, said Justin Bieber's a dork or something. And Justin <laughs> Bieber was like, I don't care. <laughs> but whatever. Here is David complimenting part two of our Justin Bieber Patreon, and then he has something very important to say after that. Okay. Okay. Oh, and uh, there was one last thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, the Mood Dreams episode is what I would have expected the episodes to sound like. Um, if, if you're hearing this voicemail and you don't know what I'm talking about, you can check out the baby episode on Sadie Hawkins Pod Patreon at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. Both of those episodes are on there because they are Patreon exclusives. That is patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. Okay, bye. <laughs> so David's helping out, <laughs> doing our job for us. <laughs> helping out with the shameless plugs. Yes. I did not know how much Danny loved a good shameless plug until like just recently. <laughs> Talking more with uh, with with uh, Andrew and John over at Magnified Pod, I was like, "Oh wow, Danny really is into the shameless plugs." <laughs> why not? I don't, I don't I don't see why he shouldn't. So uh, okay, so we have actual voicemails from Daniel from Daniel Socks, <laughs> Daniel Moraine. Moraine, here we go. Hey guys, it's Daniel Moraine again. Uh, you can see my socks. Listen to the uh, John Schneck interview uh, earlier today. Great job interviewing him. That was really cool. I didn't. I, I like that you guys have <laughs> made such a big deal about like not ever wanting to have a member of OIK or not trying to have a member of OIK uh, on there. But uh, then, without any prior warning, uh, all of a sudden John Schneck is on the pod. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I I guess I just wanted to like share like kind of my little I don't have a story about John Schneck but I was just kind of thinking about when he joined the band I remember I I don't know I feel like I had like a little bit of a vendetta against him for a little bit like mostly I was just jealous because like I wanted to play in Reliant K and I was like who is this guy like why does he get to play guitar in Reliant K all of a sudden uh oh (laughs) dissension within the listenership 
So yeah, we should talk about a little. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say. So we we found we found a loophole in that. So we did say that, or Danny did say he was never going to go out and ask a member of Reliant K to come on the show, right? But then John Schneck half jokingly was like, "When am I coming on the podcast?" And then I was like, "Well, I don't care if it's half a joke. <laughs> you ask first. <laughs> So, (laughs) (laughs) and John Schneck obviously has interacted with the show and listened to it since early on. So, you know, he's liked our tweets and responded to things and had comments here and there on social media. So it just, it seemed like a natural fit. It was really cool. Thank you so much to him for for coming on. I was thinking, since Bird and the B-Sides has those songs that have Ethan and John Warren, I'm like, do we have to reach out to them before we do those songs? Like, we don't have any plans to do those songs soon. But I'm like, we'll probably have to ask John Warren and Ethan Luck. Look at you doing a complete 180. You're like, oh, no, no, we're not going to bother anyone to come on the podcast. And now you're like, get them all on the pod. Come well, on. Well, what on. I'll do is I'll just like send them. When it's time to do those songs, I'm going to send them messages saying, hey, we're Sadie Hawkins Pod. We're the Reliant K Podcast. About to do your song from Burden the B-Sides. Can you just tell us a little bit about it? And you don't need to come on the show. Like they could just send us a text, send us a DM whatever we're cool we're light we're keeping it breezy we're breezy yeah so um oh and another thing hashtag get worn out on the pod right another thing i wanted to mention real quick about the john schneck interview was future interviews i think it all went great and it sounds fine but i did have a little bit of a problem with a mic issue so i was like if people are wondering why our audio quality drops in and out in the future, we'll know exactly how to do it. But basically yeah. what happened was we had two computers going. Jessica's was recording our audio in the room, just us in the room, like the way we always record our podcast. And my computer was mic, running yeah. the Zoom call and had a mic to capture that. Well, it turns out the mic in my computer didn't work properly, so it went to the on-computer mic. So what you're hearing when our audio drips drops trips down <laughs> drops down that's our that's my on computer mic which I would never want to use as audio for no. the podcast. But then so I mean originally because we did the magnified pod crossover on Zoom and I edited that and I knew that Zoom calls are pretty trustworthy and sound okay but like random syllables can sometimes drop out. So I was like well if we record an in room clean version then whenever audio drops out i can pick it out of our our, uh, audacity record well it turned out in the end i need to use that audacity record to replace as much as i could of the zoom call and it was a huge project one of the most (laughs) editing i ever had to do just to replace the good audio we had in a separate file with the already mixed together zoom call so basically next time we do an, an interviewer uh, have anybody on we will have that issue fixed because thanks to patrons like you oh, yeah. we are going to be getting a second microphone soon which will be really nice because then danny can sit far back in his chair and i can sit far back in my chair right. and we don't have to worry about it and both of us will sound nice and clean exactly instead of both of us leaning in to share a mic like we are right now right oh yeah i'm not even leaning in hello <laughs> That's why I usually so we'll have, sound a yeah. little louder than Danny is because I lean real close to the mic and he sits he sits back a little bit. Right. We'll have two good, totally matched microphones. Yeah. And if we need to have one into the Zoom call, it'll probably sound really good. I think, yeah. So thank you, patrons. Yeah. Back to You Can See My Socks. <laughs> back to You Can See My Socks and his secret grudge with John Schneck. 
um, I had no idea who he was, as opposed to, like, John Warren. Like, I, I knew who Ace Troubleshooter was. So when he joined the band, um, and he was actually already playing bass with them the second time I saw them um, in 2004, which was actually on the tour with uh, Audio Adrenaline, out of Salina, Kansas. But I, I had no idea who John Schneck was. So I was, I don't know. And I was, like, a sophomore in high school, so whatever. But, like, <laughs> Well, obviously, Daniel, it is Reliant K's loss that they went with John Schneck, who they knew and who almost replaced Brian instead of Warren, that they didn't also contact you in high school, bring you up to the big leagues. I know he's talking about because when I went to the final Five Iron Frenzy show, which is something we didn't even mention in our Magnify Pod crossover, that I went to that show and Reliant K was also there. But when I went to the final Five Iron Frenzy show, there's a moment that's not on the CD. It's not on the final CD. But where they're like, we're going to bring out the two biggest Five Iron fans. And I felt this twinge of pain. I was like, that should be me. (laughs) It's like, no, it shouldn't. I didn't live in Denver. I'd only seen them like a handful of times. But I had a rich history in my brain, my headcanon of how how much of a fan I was. I was like, that should be me, not those two. So anyway, uh, here's the rest of Dan's Daniel's call. I was like a little bit salty about that. And then also, like, when he started playing PRS guitars, I hated PRS guitars for a long time. Um, I think when he first joined the band, he was mostly playing, um, like, a white Stratocaster and, like, a red Gibson SG. But then at some point, he started playing mostly PRS guitars. Um, and even Matt Thiessen, I, I think there's pictures of him playing a PRS guitar as well. But I always associate those guitars with, like, Nickelback and, like, I don't know, Caesar or whatever. All those kind of bands, uh, a lot of them play PRS guitars for some reason. Dang, I'm going kind of long on this. But obviously, at some point, I realized, like, how good of a guitar player John Schneck was and... Uh, I missed him being in the band. I was at the national, like the final show of the. Um, dang, we have to make this a two-part voicemail. <laughs> He's going to come back in part two, but before I go to his part two, his wrap-up of his phone call, which is just about as long as the first one, Google Voice recorded uh, translated part of this. I have to read this. But without any prior warning, all of a sudden John Snack is on <laughs> John Snack is on the pot. Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty cool that John Snack was on the pot. So uh here's part two of Daniel's voicemail. Yeah, I was at the final show of the Mm Ten tour, uh, which was in Nashville, and John Snack came out and played a couple songs. I wanna say he played on Come right out and say it. I know he played on that one. I don't remember if he played on any other ones, but I think it was just that one. But I feel like I remember his guitar not really... I, I couldn't hear it very well or something. Um, or maybe it seemed like they were having maybe some difficulty with his amp or something like that. I'm not really sure, but that was, that was kind of a bummer. The other interesting thing I thought was, like, obviously he's cool with Matt Seaton and, like, he mentioned um, going out to dinner with him recently, but... Um, the fact that he said that Matt Houston was kind of pissed at him for like for writing Be Your Man, I don't know. That I, I guess I don't know that much about uh, Matt Houston's like actual personality. Um, you know, obviously I know his like stage personality and how he comes across in the music, but how he is as like a band member and a friend, um, I don't know. That kind of surprises me. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I when he said that, I was t- I took that as more like, and I'm like, oh, snack. And I'm like not like angry, angry, <laughs> like but like, like yeah, a joking way, like like it probably was. I assumed it was more like. Because he, he did the assignment. He, he did the assignment. He went home and wrote a short, a one-minute joke song. It sounds to me like Tyson or Tyson and Hoops had this idea of, let's get three joke songs on the album by everyone in the band. And then the, the idea wasn't coming together <laughs> right. like how he thought. <laughs> and he probably couldn't. And maybe he also got upset at John Warren or someone for writing. Like, that's not a goofy song. <laughs> yeah. But Schneck only knows what, you know, the reaction to his song. And also his song, and I th- and I think it's, it sounds like you know the song ended up tying together so perfectly with the Ethan Luck joke and with the bird with the bee thing that they added at the end. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't get that he was like pissed off, pissed off. Yeah, like, like that's it. Enough from you. She <laughs> dinner with no bed to bed with no to go to your dinner with no bed. <laughs> no combos for you next. No next combos. Tour. Next time we get one bag of combos, don't even think about touching it. <laughs> So here's, again, here's, I say this every time, but here's the rest of Daniel's phone call. One minute left. But John may have also been like exaggerating that. I don't really know. But it would be interesting to hear more about that and hearing about how, like, how much control Matt Houston has over, I guess, kind of the final product of of Rolling Kids album stuff. Yeah, I think that was all I had. So um, sorry for leaving two really long voicemails. Maybe I should not do these when I'm driving on my way home, because uh, maybe I'm dividing my attention a little bit too much. Side note, I just passed uh, 50,000 miles in my car, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> Yay! Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we can't get Matt Thiessen on the podcast unless he asks first. It's like a vampire <laughs> thing. Basically, let's say it's like that. Like... We're like vampires. We can't have Reliant K members on the podcast unless they ask first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the end of this call, Daniel does say he hopes we get more members on. So hopefully we will. And then he says, oh, I think there's an accident oh, ahead. No. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Um, so, yeah, maybe hopefully we'll get... I would, like I said, I'd like to get, if not them on the podcast, I would like to get John Warren to talk about The Last, The Lost, The Least, and Ethan Luck to talk about no reaction even if it's not them talking to us by audio at least them like setting a few words about the song and how they wrote it sure we have one more voicemail and this will get us into the discussion about the biggest song oh and i guess leading into talking about last week with the john schnack interview into this week right so i was kind of thinking like can we do this can we do marilyn manson ate my girlfriend two weeks after we did mood rings because it was like oh <laughs> for our big 50th episode we're gonna do one of the big songs mood rings right and then we have our john schneck interview and then coming out of that just because like we haven't done the first this self-titled album in a long time we have to do that like okay you're right so i started looking at the self-titled and we've already done what i feel are like the biggest the we've already done 17 magazine <laughs> we already did nancy drew we already did K Car. We already did Hello McFly. We already did Softer to Me. Like I think those are like the 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 more uh, ageless songs, like the songs that are the right. most fun. Off there, sure, other songs like Balloon Ride and Staples. Charles and in Charge. Is Charles in fun. Charge with Charles in Charge. 
I was like, Danny I, didn't want to watch an episode of Charles in Charge because I did suggest Charles in Charge, and he well, was, we will and we when realized, it's time. yeah, we realized we would have to watch an episode, and he was like, oh, I don't know where it is, and I don't know if I want to find that. And so it, it is. It does seem like it's like so. It kind of works. At, so I'd be lying if I said it's not like, hey, we had a big interview episode with a member of the band, so let's keep riding that hopeful wave of new people joining and and do a big big song again. Instead, we're gonna scare them all. We're off. gonna scare them away with the boogeyman. <laughs> Of modern hard rock music, <laughs> Marilyn Manson. <laughs> so that's so that's. I, so I was gonna say we're gonna scare them off with one of the cringiest songs by oh, Reliant K. That is true but too. you know, a lot of people want to hear this episode. People were excited when I announced it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was like, should we do two like huge songs in the same month? And I was like, sure, because we still have like best thing and be my escape. We have still have huge deathbed. We still oh, have yeah. huge songs down the line. So we and we got two. We're, year- we're going to do an in love with the eighties part two as well. We are. I'm going to we're because <laughs> we realized that I missed a bunch of covers and things from in love with the eighties. So we're going to call it Pink Tux Redux. That's right. So look <laughs> Our forward Redux to-, to the prom. <laughs> look forward to Pink Tux Redux in the future sometime. So uh, here is our last voicemail of the day, and this is a callback from Beatrice. And yes, her name was Beatrice. We had a hard time telling her name last time she called, remember? Yeah. And she's calling again from Florida, awesome. and she wants to talk about Marilyn Manson, Ain't My Girlfriend. Hey, it's Beatrice from Florida again. Um, I just realized something about the Marilyn Manson music video. Brian Pittman, I'm almost positive he's wearing a Bush shirt in, like, one of the scenes. And I think that's hilarious because it's, like, their first album. They're already introduced. It's like, hey, we're super Republican, by the way. You might not even notice that. And I'm like, wow, okay, that was very weird. I thought that was just a funny thing in the music video. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Bye. I did not notice that about the music video. Yeah. We'll go backwards. Yeah. Our structure, I think, is going to be we're going to talk right now. We're going to talk about the song. Then we're going to talk about Marilyn Manson himself as a figure in pop culture. Then we're going to talk about the music video. So we'll get back to it. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. I, I'm pretty sure he is because yeah. I noticed that, too. It's so funny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> it was almost cute when it's like Bush versus who did he run against the first time? <laughs> Al Gore. Al Gore. Al Gore. I knew that. <laughs> I kept thinking of um, John Kerry. John Kerry. I, I kept Those thinking John Kerry's name is like, I know John Kerry's name is not Michael Douglas, but all I can think <laughs> is the name Michael Douglas. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, Marilyn Manson ain't my girlfriend. So this song, how about this song? It's <laughs> how hilarious. About this song? <laughs> so we talked about it when we talked about K-Car, but... Um, in that, and I keep, I reference this interview all the time, but when Matt Hoops was on the local wave podcast and he talked about how they got signed, it's because Mark Lee Townsend had done their demo, which he just called it in the, in in the interview, Hoops just called it their demo, but we assume it had to have been this album. Uh, sorry, we had to have been all work and no play, which this song is also on. And that's, uh, Mark Townsend plays a couple of CDs he's been working on, a couple of artists he knows of for Toby Mac. And when he plays Reliant K, Toby Mac's like, oh, who's that? And that's who it gets him interested in. And we're like, okay, it must have been K-Car that first hooked him, right? But then Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend is number three on All Work and No Play. <laughs> and it and He still wanted to sign them. He still them. wanted them. He's like, <laughs> yeah. But this song is such a particular, and and so as we th- as I think about that, and as we've listened to more All Work and No Play, 
And I realized something about Reliant K and how they started up. And Josh that kind of like inadvertently uh, supported this last week when he was like, yeah, you know, Tyson and Hoops and, and the guys and the other guys who started Reliant K, Brian and who are, I can't remember their original drummer's name and, you know, Steven, those guys who kind of started Reliant K, they were goofy youth group kids. And they started a band that was for like goofy youth group kids. And it's just, this is one of this, he Now I'm extrapolating on what Schneck said, but he's like, but he says that, and I'm like, yeah, and this group of youth group band just kind of continues to grow and becomes, it remains in the musical zeitgeist forever, you know what I mean? Whereas there were so many goofy, we have it later in covers, there's so many goofy youth group bands right. out there that had no, like, real world experience, like, probably very little actual musical influence. Like, it obviously, Matt Thiessen had, like, the Beach Boys and other artists, but my point is, I started to think off of our discussions of all work and no play, how I don't think anyone's ever, I don't know of anyone who's like categorized the generations of Christian punk. And I'm certainly no historian on this. I feel like someone like Jason Zimet would be good to explain this, or there's, you know, other people who could maybe figure this out for us. But I'm starting to wonder if the first generation of Christian punk that kind of starts with like the altar boys and one bad pig and all of these like kind of lame Christian <laughs> early punk bands. <laughs> if that generation actually, you think that generation ends with the beginning of tooth and nail because you think tooth and nail is where Christian punk gets more genuine. It's more like we're here to rock, but we also love God and we'll talk about God, but we're here to start doing this music from a genuine place. But I'm actually wondering if the first generation of Christian punk starts with One Bad Pig and Altar Boys and those and Undercover and those bands and goes up through the beginning of Tooth and Nail into like MXPX and all those first generation of Tooth and Nail bands. And then I wonder if it ends where the next generation of Christian ba- Christian punk bands are the ones who are only influenced by Tooth and Nail and Christian bands. Mm. Because I would you would say that that first generation, if you're talking about altar boys up through the first year couple years of tooth and nail those bands while they might some of them were sheltered church kids and some of them were not some of them were people who were just like christian but liberal californians who were not afraid of the world and stuff and listened to sec didn't listen to secular music and had influences from all kinds of stuff and started punk bands right but they sang about christ because that's what they believed in they're coming from a genuine place of starting these bands because they love punk rock and they're going to sing about God. Now you have a second generation wave, which I think Reliant K sort of is the part of where it's like these bands are specifically influenced by Christian punk bands. Like they listen to Christian punk bands and they may or may not be aware of secular punk bands, but they start up. And when you listen to All Work and No Play, it sounds like a band that is influenced by Christian punk bands. Like, we're going to write a song like K-Car and about how the car is a metaphor for Jesus, for Christ. (laughs) And we're going to sing Marilyn Manson Ate My Girlfriend. And we're going to sing about how Brandon Ebel gave us a call because all we want is to be a Christian punk band. And it's hilarious, going back to that same local wave uh, interview where Matt Hoops was like, people have their crappy high school punk bands and we're just in the same band from our crappy high school days but and they've got the band's got the same name but you know we've grown and changed our music style and changed our philosophies and our lyrics and stuff but i love that this song is so on the like finger so specific <laughs> so very specific to a late 90s into the early 2000s 
Christian culture war thing of like we're Christians and we're pure and look at that evil devil music out there which obviously always existed because Motley Crue and 80s music and all that devil Kiss, music as well yeah. Kiss and all that Knights and Satan service yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now you have like the WWJD t-shirt wearing testaments in your pocket <laughs> Christian kids and they're like over there right. there's the goth kids and they want to they want to get us they want to make us listen to their bad music they should be listening to our good music and it's like this there was this just little culture war for all these dorky Christian teens who think it's so bad you know and it's not like it's even that crazy because when you're in high school there's the even movies have this because it's based on some truth in in regular in a normal high school you have the jocks you have the nerds you have you have the cliques and stuff so if you're a christian kid in youth group your click is the christian youth group and over there there's the bad kids they're into they're into other bands and it's just such a <laughs> such a specific time and place that this song could only exist in because even relying k themselves by 2000 early early 2002 is like we're never playing this song again (laughs) because they're like that song belongs in that year and will never leave (laughs) sorry i rambled for a long time but that's sort of what this song puts my brain in and i was lucky enough to see reliant k perform this song because that's amazing started seeing them i never saw steven in the band but i saw them from early on and they played i didn't realize they played this song through the electric youth tour because that was right because that tour started before Anatomy came out. Anatomy came out while they were on that tour. And then when that tour ended, it's pretty much when they stopped playing Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend. Like, they're like, now we have enough extra songs that we never have to play Marilyn Manson ever again. Man, they're so lucky that COVID happened because now 2020 is a wash and they don't have to go <laughs> on their 20-year uh, anniversary tour where they play every song off the self-titled album. Right. This song is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of equal parts fun and cringy. Like, when you stop and look at it and kind of examine the lyrics and where Reliant K was sort of at at the time, I want to go, oh, yeah, this is great. It's like pure satire. It's not pure satire. No, no. (laughs) It's It's not pure satire. It's like Blink-182. And it's like when they have... When they have lyrics that object, objectify women, is like, is that satire? Are they writing from the point of view of a character? Like when they say, "I need a girl that I can train," is he writing from the point of view of like a bad guy character that just sees women as things need to be? Tra- and Jessica is shaking her head right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember uh, because I got into Reliant K when I was what, like sixteen, seventeen, or sixteen, I think, and like. After the first three albums were out, like right before or right after mm-hmm came out. And this, the self-titled, was the first CD of theirs that I bought after hearing them. And I remember thinking, like, oh, wow, this Marilyn Manson Hate My Girlfriend song is like, ooh. <laughs> I, <laughs> like I, like, s- I love it musically is the thing. Like, I love that beginning that, like, ooh, 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 ooh. It's like, right. and it's fun. And then it's kind of it's kind of fun. It's it's definitely more in the vein of, like, a closer to, like, punk or pop punk than most of the other songs on the album um it's a little it's kind of rocking and i like that right so i was gonna say that like actually i feel a little bit the opposite but i know what you're saying 
that I feel like this more reflects on their pop rock side, on their Weezer side, mm-hmm. especially like the woo Like Weezer True, was yeah. known so much for like the woo and all that stuff. Uh, oh, I just you're, did You're the, doing Buddy Holly. No, 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 no. Oh. I was trying to do Buddy Holly, but I sang the part from Friend of Friend with P by the Rentals, which is Weezer, <laughs> which is a Weezer adjacent, but that's what I thought of first. But yeah, so I feel like this song is basically like slightly heavier, faster Weezer. And okay. also I noticed in like the verse and the chorus when it's like Marilyn Manson, there, there, there's this drum beat. There's this drum beat like this, which is like this 60s, 60s, like 60s surf beat, like surf rock. rock. Yeah. That's the beat that's happening over the chorus. And I think it's over the whole song, but the first verse is so, there's so much uh, distortion on the guitar and it's so loud that it's hard to tell. But then when you get into the chorus, it's like this. Do it's almost like you doing that thing you do. I was about to do the Would say be the that, modern yeah. version. But they also you can imagine any sort of song where it's like, Well, me and Johnny were driving down the road. We, <laughs> we fell off a cliff and now we're dead. Teenagers are all gonna die in the sixties. Cause that's what like every sixties song is about. The hot rods are gonna kill all the teens. So it's got that rhythm. Which yeah, you makes, can totally go go dance to this song. Yeah. <laughs> So this has got like a, it's not, it's not an in your face 60s feel, but just that rhythm. And I tried to look up what was the, what would you call this beat? And they said, it. something said it might be staccato. Dan, Daniel, you could see my socks could definitely tell us, but one thing said this could be staccato. You were absolutely playing that thing you do. I know, but that's the, that's also the <laughs> rhythm in this song, but it's buried also behind this, uh, what do you call it? sound wars loudness wars it's buried behind this loudness wars thing i realized that i I threw both i threw both tracks into gold wave to look at the waveform on these and they're not as like solid waveform as like modern is music of the last like 15 years but it's right up there like this this is a solid this is an almost solid waveform like there's no dynamics in this waveform and i realized that listening to this again how like something about this track production wise sounds very compressed like it sounds very digitally compressed like it, it almost like probably if you had downloaded this track on Napster back in the day you would think like oh this this mp3 doesn't sound so good oh well it's the only one i have but then you get the cd and you're like oh no it actually sounds this way like this cd this <laughs> right. song the production yeah. on here and we and i can say this knowing the mar- which is funny that I would say the production on All Work and No Play is, it's not timeless, but it's got a certain, <laughs> it's got a certain timelessness in its, in its. It sounds like stamp. it was recorded in a garage. Right. But this song and maybe a couple other songs off of the self-titled album, I'm starting to realize have a very compressed sounding 2000s effect. And I can say this knowing that Markley Townsend has gone off to be an amazing producer. And even by the next album, which we talked about anatomy is like such a perfectly clean sounding. It's like, it didn't take them three major label albums to get to the perfect sound. Like MXPX finally did with let it ha- with uh, life in general. It just took two major label, two national records to get Reliant K to what I think is a perfect sound on anatomy. But the sound on this is like, as you, as you, when you put on big headphones, you're like, it sounds so garbled. It sounds like, yeah. it sounds like there's a digital garble, like it was transcoded incorrectly. But no, this is what's on the CD. This is what's on Spotify. So are you saying that you prefer the really dirty, loose version of All Work and No Play? It's, it's like, it's half and half. Because it's so messy. 
on All Work and No Play. Yeah. Although it has that great intro. Right. Where they play... Uh, Sweet Dreams. Sweet the, Dreams. The intro to that, yeah. Um, yeah, and they did that live a bunch. They played, That's awesome. They played Sweet... <laughs> I, I could be mistaken. I think... I Well, we have live videos to check out later. But I think that they would possibly and again i could be totally wrong on this this is a guess right now based off of memories but i could have sworn i saw them live it's that same chicken mass concert i talked about at soul fest 2002 Mm -hmm. or 2001 which i found recently online someone uploaded the chicken mask section to youtube i was super excited oh nice yeah i talked about this weeks and weeks and weeks ago but at a soul fest show in like 2001 2002 matt teeson had a chicken mask on he's like I want to be in the band. And Matt Hoops is like, you're a chicken. You can't be in the band. It's like, and Tyson's like, I'm going to show you chickens can rock. Well, I found someone uploaded that Soul Fest video. And this is early Soul Fest when it was still called Inside Out Soul Fest. What was my point? <laughs> I don't exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. That same show, which this part isn't in there. But they, I think, I'm pretty sure they played Marilyn Manson, Ate My Girlfriend, that set. Because my friend Brandon who I never really talk about on this show. I talk about my friend Johnny, who I used to go to Reliant K shows with all the time. I had a friend named Brandon, who was basically like my first Christian friend that was into heavy alternative Christian music. But he was really on the abrasive hardcore and metalcore sound. And like that stuff was too heavy. And I liked some melody in my music. Like I would like some heavy punk but I wanted melody in my music and he didn't like melody that much so we didn't have a ton in common but just to have one friend who knew what tooth and nail was who liked tooth and nail music who had hm magazine and all that stuff I was like well obviously you know and I went to soul fest one year with him and we were both standing watching Reliant K and when they broke out the bridge to play a, Mar- a little bit of a Marilyn Manson cover, he started laughing because he knew Marilyn Manson. Because he also yeah. liked, he didn't differentiate between secular music that much. Like, he also liked Metallica and he liked Marilyn Manson and all that stuff. And he started laughing because he knew the song. I didn't know the song because I never <laughs> liked Marilyn Manson. And it had nothing to do for me with, like, how scary and satanic he seemed. It's more like because... I don't like the music at right. all. That was like, <laughs> I think it was like yesterday I or whenever we were doing uh, like research next to each other for this episode and I hadn't heard the all work and no play version and Danny like put it on on his computer or whatever and it started with that do 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 and right. I was like, oh, nice. And Danny just went, oh, you would know what this is. <laughs> Oh, you would know what this is. I know three Marilyn Manson songs. Like, or I've l- properly listened to three Marilyn Manson songs. Two of them are covers. Right. So it's the the Tainted Love cover because it was on the Not Another Teen Movie soundtrack. Right. And Sweet Dreams are made of these because, again, it's another cover and I love fun covers of, of things. Right. And then heart-shaped glasses, because that music video is super badass and has Evan and Rachel Wood in it. And who doesn't love Evan and Rachel Wood? <laughs> Marilyn Manson? I mean, they're not together anymore. So, yeah, I had never... Oh, uh, just to wrap up the thing. So I think, and I could be wrong, that when they did that breakdown where they would play a little bit of a Marilyn Manson cover, I think they might have gone back and forth between Beautiful People and... 
Sweet Dreams Are Made of These, I think. Yeah. Because I did not, because I wouldn't know what Sweet Dreams Are Made of These are because I heard that song because of my friend Michael from middle school. I knew that song, but I didn't know Beautiful People because that would have been after I stopped being friends with Michael. So I wasn't listening to his music and I was actively not listening to Marilyn Manson because I could not have given a crap. Like it was no, <laughs> right. I actually loved Nine Inch Nails when I was a kid because like, I liked grunge music and there were th- melodies and things in Nine Inch Nails songs that I really enjoyed. I did, but like uh, that is as far as into the gothy side of things as I got, right? right? And I owned the Broken EP, and my mom took it away from me along with my Adam Sandler. You mean CD. you mean you weren't listening to the Cure and Sui and the Banshees and well, I mean, you know, I goth say goth, music. Yeah, yeah, industrial. I'm sorry, Nine Inch Nails is industrial, not goth. It's like it's like almost like how people lump emo stuff together. That's all not really emo. I was just teasing you because of your 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 emo feelings, right? <laughs> but you're correct. You're correct. If you people put it kind of put any sort of like dark hair, dark sh- eye shadow, like spooky makeup thing into quote unquote goth, but you very well could be industrial. Nine Inch Nails industrial. Anyway, I liked some Nine Inch Nails stuff. I never liked Marilyn Manson. I just had no, or Rob Zombie. Like I just had no interest in that stuff, and. um I didn't know what song Reliant K was playing that day with my friend Brandon. Yeah, that's something that I think uh, there's a line in here that is clever where he says, I'm really beginning to despise beautiful people Uh because that's one of those fun Reliant K play on word things because beautiful people is Marilyn Manson's big song. Right. And so I love that. But I'm wondering, like, how many like Christian teens did not get that at all? Like that joke just went right over their heads. Like you said, you didn't know when they played like the beautiful people. They played a part of they played a part of the melody of beautiful people. I had no idea what it was. Um, Yeah. So I saw now I know you did your deep dive and we'll maybe we'll get maybe this is in there. But there was like some stuff where like there's a Toby Mac voicemail thing at the beginning. Right. And I think like that's their just thing to acknowledge it to almost like through satire pointing out to parents who might get mad that this song is on there of like, hey, we're addressing the fact that Marilyn Manson is out there to steal your children away. And we're using our positive Christian poppy rock music to like to alleviate that fear. And also from the from from the in the world of the Christian scene you would say like this almost disarms the fear of Marilyn Manson it makes him look like a goof because Reliant K is writing such a goofy song it also kind of reflects badly on Reliant K in hindsight because it seems like such a goofy song but like it's so funny how we can people now we haven't even gotten into this but people now can look at this song and be like oh this is so this is so cringy but at the time Christian parents could be like there's a song about Marilyn Manson on this record like and that would upset yeah. them. Not that I did find Manson that in song, my deep dive. But it's a song saying Marilyn Manson is bad, right? And that's the just parents are still like, it. no, no, no. You they said the name, so you can't have it. Like, Some, yeah, that did show up. Somebody posted on the I Hate Five Iron Frenzy Facebook group like recently, like in the last couple of days. They had like a page from a children's Bible, and it says Jesus turned water into juice. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> it's like oh, we can't have kids. Oh, no. see, we can't have kids see the word wine. Or they'll become drunks at the age of five. Wow. Like, you can't let them know the word wine exists. Wow. So you can't let them know that Marilyn Manson exists. And then if they find out about Marilyn Manson, they'll be enticed. You, like, this song, <laughs> from within the Christian world, the mindset should have always been, we're making fun of Marilyn Manson so that he seems less appealing to your youth. But, like, yeah, then you got Christian moms who are like, don't even want you to acknowledge that he exists. It's like the difference between 
abstinence and <laughs> teaching abstinence and teaching safe sex. Were you... Teach abstinence of Marilyn Manson or teach safe Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Were... <laughs> was your mom specifically like you can't listen to Marilyn Manson? No, because I was not into Marilyn Manson. I didn't come around. She ne- If she ever said to me, I don't want you to listen to Marilyn Manson, I was probably like, I don't want to listen to Marilyn <laughs> yeah. Manson. Like I there because there was that time like where my mom found a Coolio CD right. in the house. It was my sister's. But first of all, it was not like his full length album. It was the Gangsters Paradise single. But my mom had heard that Coolio had all these, you know. I think you've brought this up on yeah, the podcast. But before. he had all of these like sexualized lyrics <laughs> in his songs. But those are not that was not Gangsters Paradise. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she sits me down. It's like you should. I'm like that's not my first one. That's not my CD. Two, I don't listen to rap music. Three, that is a single and does not contain the songs you think it contains. And four, whatever. I, there's no four. Uh, four, America. <laughs> Democracy. Yeah. I don't Taco think, Bell. I don't think my mom ever was like, you can't listen to Marilyn Manson. I think she was probably just like, I don't think that Jessica would be into this anyways. It's not right. like Limp Biscuit, where she went out of her way to be like, Jessica, you cannot listen to Limp Biscuit. And I was like, Mom, I don't want to listen to that anyway. Like, right. <laughs> or uh, the only CD I ever distinctly remember asking her for, and she turned me down, was No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. because, And she claimed at the time that it was because she didn't like the album art which why not but <laughs> she's people she's like i don't want you getting inside of a shopping cart in that manner i don't know i don't know if she just like didn't like it's not the, safe the i don't know the if she, rotting fruit with yeah the flies. i guess maybe she thought it was gross i don't know but i found out later that she just she just said that because i wanted to listen to it because it was the like the bad influence girl uh, that was my friend uh, like she listened to that and because my mom knew that that girl was like the bad influence girl that's where i had had heard the music from before she was like no you can't have that because bad influence girl listens to that yeah, no doubt classic <laughs> industrial <Yeah>. goth music <laughs> so for the lyrics they're a little different on all work and no play than they are on the self-titled and it's really hard to figure out the all work and no play lyrics because there are no lyric sites out there that specifically have this last verse right and for some reason they just give you the first three verses and that's it so the line in the final album version would be Marilyn Manson he's not cool Marilyn Manson went to Matt Hoops school which we'll have more to say about but that's the lyric they actually Matt Hoops and Marilyn Manson both went to the same Christian uh, Christian high Christian school was it high school I don't remember academy we'll just say Christian academy so sorry my ice is crinkling in my glass but which I'm confused on that as to when Matt Hoops went there because he and Teason and Pittman all met like in their younger Maybe years, I think, and then one... they that he definitely went to like Canton High School or whatever it was for his junior year because that's when they formed the band. Right. Maybe he went for one year the way I only went for one year to Lexington Christian Maybe. Academy. Um, so here's the so here's the lyric, the difference, and there's no just like how you know some of these EP songs that we've had and some of the the Bird and the B side songs don't have officially public lyrics. There's obviously. No officially published lyrics for the all work and no play version. But here's the part we can't suss out. You listen and tell us what you think is being said here. Uh, 
So yeah, so you've we've got the first part, which sounds like he's saying Marilyn Manson, he's a dork? Question mark. He ate my girlfriend with a knife and fork. I think that's what he's saying. But yeah. then Marilyn Manson, he's not cool. Went to cannery school. Yeah, Catholic school. And what I hear. Is it sounds like he's saying Marilyn Manson went to cannery school. Yeah. It's like, is that a school where you learn how to like can dried goods? <laughs> it's like an industrial school or Catholic school. Or maybe they're saying Kennedy's, Kennedy's school. Maybe they, or did Matt Hoops have a nickname that sounds like Kennedy? Or did they have a friend that Matt Hoops went to school with and they wanted to mention his name and maybe his name was Kennedy and they're like, he went to Kennedy's school. We can't tell what he's saying. I even put it in gold wave and put a filter on it to emphasize the lyrics and I got a lot and here I'll play that version right now but here's the lyric boosted version and we still can't tell what he's saying I can't I can't tell what he's saying I don't know. Went to cannery. I think it's just went to cannery school. It's like a fish town. It's like a big, it's like a big industrial fish town, and they can fish. They can tuna. Is is that what Canton's known for? Yeah, being a big fishing town. Yeah, Ohio is the flavor America. of yeah. Ohio has the flavor of a fish town. So uh, my big misunderstood lyric for this song is fr- from the self-titled is Marilyn Manson. I thought it was Marilyn Manson with the matter with school. Oh, yeah. And never. I never heard Marilyn Manson went to Matt Hoop school. I never like, heard ever. that ever either. Yeah. I definitely heard it. Um, and some of these later other ones we listened to, like, the, no, sorry, the, the, the stuff I was listening to, the live albums, I'm like, live albums the live tracks i listened to on youtube it was clear he was saying matt hoops school but he so slurs it in both versions yeah and the the sound is so solid the waveform is so loud on both on on the uh self-titled version that it's hard to hear what he's saying went to maddie and especially it would have made more sense if he said went to maddie hoops school i know we <laughs> yeah. don't call him maddie hoops we, <laughs> we call him we'll call uh, people call him matt teeson maddie i think he gets called maddie but nobody really from what I see, no fans call Matt Hoops Maddie. But if they'd said Maddie Hoops School, it would have worked a lot better. Matt Hoops is like the serious one. You don't call him Maddie, it's, right? It's too but goofy. syllabically, <laughs> it's like you have to come to a you have to come to a bracing stop when you go went to Matt. Like it it wants an extra syllable in there. Once it went to Matt Hoops School, it would roll off the tongue more if it went went to Maddie Hoops School. What's the? But yeah, I heard what's the matter with school as well. I have a whole list of misheard lyrics from my personal life here, unrelated to any we might have found on amiright.com. <laughs> but speaking of Matt Hoops, I can't tell who's singing the harmonies in the self-titled version. It's very clearly to me Matt Hoops in the all work. All work, yeah, same. But it doesn't. That does not sound like Matt Hoops on the self-titled version, which makes me wonder: Is it Stephen? Or is it Matt Hoops? It's definitely not Tyson. Marilyn Manson, Marilyn, that, that part in the mm-hmm. background, the harmony, the little like thing in the back. It's not Tyson. It does not sound like Hoops unless it's processed or Matt Hoops was on an off day, right? Because I even thought to myself, mm-hmm. well, maybe Matt Hoops' you know, background vocal voice just sounded a little different in 2000. But then I listened to the All Work and No Play version. I'm like, no, that sounds like what I think Hoops right. sounds like. So I'm like, is it Steven? Is it Steven singing that? Because we don't have, like, clear... Like, Steven never sang lead on a song, so we don't really know. Yeah. I don't know. And unfortunately, I don't have my copy of uh, 
the self-titled here in the house, which has the the booklet in it. Unlike because Danny has the the cardboard. Yeah, what do you the call that records version. proprietary yeah. case with the cardboard thing and the ribbed spine and all of that. And then there's no insert in the vinyl to uh, to let us know. So speaking of not being able to understand what you're hearing <laughs> and misheard lyrics and all of that, that one, like the cannery, what, what's the, what is saying in the demo? Like that's almost understood, but there are certain lyrics in this song that people get wrong. And I have like examples, like from people that I know and have talked to about this, like, and this isn't a misheard lyric thing, but I remember when I was in one of the youth groups that I went to from the first private school I went to I continued going to that youth group even after I stopped going to that school there were these younger kids than me right and again I went to that school in 2000 in 1996 I went to that school but I stayed going to that youth group up through 2000 something and now this younger generation of kids is there when I'm getting into Reliant K and they're listening to Reliant K for the first time and they heard the song Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend and they were all more dirty-minded than me. I was a clean little Danny. I don't think sexually. Because they heard Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend. And they're all younger than me. And they're like, whoa, what? Maybe that's the real reason why parents were like, no, you can't have yeah, that. Yeah, because it, it is an unfortunate... There's an unfortunate double entendre to Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend, which is almost And maybe that's why they dropped the and just called it, it my, yeah. my girlfriend by the time the self-titled because, came around because it is you get I, you get it it's like Marilyn Mance is a monster he and my girlfriend especially because we're going to talk about the video in a little while but like the whole idea that he's a monster and he's he ate his girlfriend he killed his girlfriend he destroyed her he he consumed her mind right yeah but like the double entendre there is like so clear that kids younger than me <laughs> and less innocent than me even heard the sexual connotations to that lyric. Um, there's <sighs> the weirdest part of the sentence will be our, one of our video store guys, because we live here in Los Angeles and we have a video store and they, one of the guys at the video store, he grew up as a Christian punk guy. He lived here and Dogwood was like one of his favorite bands. And, um, I was talking to him, he was like, oh, you have a Reliant K podcast, right? I'm like, yeah, we talked about stuff for a while. And he's like, yeah, my friends always used to argue with me that the lyric was Marilyn Manson ain't my girlfriend. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And of course it doesn't make any sense. No, Marilyn Manson ain't anybody's girlfriend. (laughs) But people out there probably actually literally thought the song was Marilyn Manson ain't my girlfriend. It sounds like he says that at times, but it's like a funny misheard thing that you know can't be true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, and then Danny sometimes walks around the house and goes, Marilyn Manson ain't my girlfriend. He was my girlfriend before, <laughs> but now he's not my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, and one thing I thought, I thought for a long time was the, the school part, the school line in the self-titled version. I thought it sounded like he was saying Marilyn Manson went to medical school. <laughs> No, we all know he went to law school because he's secretly Paul from the Wonder Years. Of course. (laughs) But I looked into it and the band The Wonder Years does not have any members named Paul. So I think that that's a bit of an urban legend. Speaking of urban legends, because now we'll get into part two of the podcast, which is us discussing the history of Marilyn Manson, the person. Yes, there's that urban legend out there about how Paul from the TV show The Wonder Years 
is Marilyn Manson. It was like this bizarre urban legend, like pre-internet, where you didn't even have. Where like so you couldn't look it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and know that Paul from the Wonder Years. I can't remember what his his real name is now. Is is a lawyer in in I believe it's New York. Right. Like now, when rumors like that spread on the internet, I don't think a rumor like that can spread on the internet. To say one celebrity is another celebrity, <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Yeah, that's something you could only do in a pre-internet world. Now it's like, well, this person died, but no, they didn't die. Look, like there's certain other false things about celebrities you can spread in. Unless you're Avril Lavigne, and they have replaced oh, her with yeah, exactly a decoy. I'm sorry, I'm like in yeah. Star Wars episode one mind over here. <laughs> So, and there's another... Doppelganger. There's another bit of an urban legend that I wanted to bring up. And I don't know where this stems from, but also in not a sort of a pre-internet... Well, the internet... I mean, it's been around since... The the internet for, like, everyday people has been around since the mid-90s, but only certain people had it. So when I say pre-internet world, I understand what I mean. But when there was basically just email, no social media and stuff, there was this... There was this thing that would... This Christian urban legend that I remember hearing in multiple different Christian places and multiple different speakers would sort of present it like it was this little story to like sort of teach about how we should always be, you know, ministering and reaching out to people. And it was this story about this youth group where there was this one kid. And it also, in an early version of the internet, it was a common Christian chain mail thing you would get, like this story that you'd read. And the story was always presented as like, there was this youth group and there was this kid who was very withdrawn and no one would be his friend. And the youth pastor thought, well, maybe I should talk to him and see how he's doing. But but no, I'll just leave him alone and I'll let him be. And then one day he just never came back to the youth group. And then years later, the, the pastor thought to himself, hmm, I wonder what happened to that kid that we used to have around here. I hope he's doing okay. And so he asked his, like, his, the other, the other, person at the church is like do you ever know know whatever happened to that that kid that used to sit around and be quiet is like oh well yes maybe you've heard of him his name now is marilyn manson <laughs> so it's like this sort of this is like a christian urban legend that would pass around on the internet through pastors probably through newsletters like here's a little story you can open and like i said the lesson is supposed to be how like we're always we should always be reaching out to each other as christians don't let anyone sit in the corner and be a weirdo or else one day there'll be a multi-billion multi-million dollar star singing about <laughs> satan i guess the I, I guess the dramatic irony from the christian point of view is like if only that youth pastor had stopped that kid from becoming marilyn manson we'd have less problems today and yet one of his friends said that he thinks that it's probably because of his Christian high school that he became Marilyn right. Manson. And that's that's the thing is like then you look into the facts of it. It's like, well, he didn't go to a youth group. The, 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 like the, the, it's almost like a it's like a massive multi-million people game of telephone where this story kind of gets passed along and printed in little Christian newsletters and print and sent through emails. And it's like, well, he's at a youth group. Well, no, he's at a school. Well, he's at this. There's another Christian urban legend like this about like the kid who's at college and the teacher stands up and says, I am an atheist and only atheism is true. And don't you dare contradict me or I'll flunk you from this class. And I don't remember how it ends, but it's something about like he went home and started drinking Miller Lite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't remember how the actual Christian urban legend ends, but it's like something about like the one 
brave Christian kid raised his hand and said, I believe in God. And he's like, oh yeah, well, if this chalk hits the ground, then then I'll believe that there's, and somehow the chalk hits the ground. And then the, the, the teacher like screams and he's like, oh, there's really a God. And he leaves. And then the kid stands up before the class and, and testifies to them about Christianity wow. for the rest of the class. Wow. If anyone out there knows, can point me to where the origins of that story comes from. That's why I brought it up. I really want to know. Is that what the movie God's Not Dead is about? I've never watched the movie God's Not Dead. I don't know. Anyway, so these Christian urban legends get passed around. And the truth of this one is, what was Mar- did you find out what Marilyn Manson's birth name was? Yeah, it's Brian something. I can't remember Brian right now. Pittman? <laughs> That's why he left the band when he left. <laughs> so years ago, when when Marilyn Manson was just like sort of a name and a figure that I was, like I said, I wasn't really familiar with, um, like outside of the general zeitgeist, I saw an, a VH1 special on him. And I don't know, it must have been in like high school, maybe around the time I discovered Reliant K. Um and it was called The Rise and the Rise of Marilyn Manson. And my main takeaway oh. from it, <laughs> my main takeaway from it was just that he was like a kid that had kind of like a hard time in high school, but was like normally a nice kid or whatever. And much like myself was super into D&D. <laughs> <laughs> See, d and is there yes, for the exactly. devil. <laughs> So I went on YouTube and I was able to find that special that I watched and I just want to play a couple segments from it. And gentlemen, Marilyn Manson. He grew up in Canton, Ohio. It's in the Midwest, so it's a fairly conservative town. Canton's kind of a boring little town. There's not a whole lot. Football is big. We have the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's our big claim to fame. When I first met Brian, he was pretty small. Um, he kind of freckly-faced kid, brown hair, pretty scrawny. I know he got made fun of a lot. I guess he was what they call a nerd. Brian and I played uh, Major League Football in 1981. It sounded like he said Major League Football in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just he grew up in a quiet little town of Canton, Ohio. <laughs> Brian started Heritage Christian in second grade and he went through the 10th grade. It was uh, a typical parochial school. It was private. And the school is very right-wing conservative, um, had a lot of Baptist uh, upbringing and teachings. We had Bible class once a day, and then weekly we had chapel. They would bring in different speakers or some local ministers or something. Definitely was a lot of fear factor. Um, was definitely uh, uh, helped fire and brimstone. The speakers were uh, pretty much targeted to try and convince us of like the evil ways of the outside world. There was a lot of uh, evangelical type language. Come down front, stand up in front of your peers and show them you're not afraid. Brian has such a thirst for knowledge. He stood out because of his sense of humor and because of his audacity at times. A few times when he would try to participate, bring up a, a topic in class, he just gets shot down immediately. And I could tell that that really bothered him. Brian definitely likes to push people's buttons. He was witty and fun, but always right on the edge of going too far. And they kind of go on to say that, like, he would do things, like, just to get a rise out of people, he would write, like, 666 in his notebooks and stuff, and that he would get sent to, like, the principal's office where he would get spanked. And, like, I mean, we're talking, like, weird, creepy, you know, 80s schools. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, I mean, yeah, it's like, I I listened to a, a couple... Years ago, I listened to a um, ha- um, 
Stuff You Should Know podcast about Satanism. And something I sort of knew but not really knew was that like modern Satanism is actually atheist and they a lot of them don't believe in Satan and stuff. And that's the whole point of it is like we're we're into this because we know there's no truth. There's, there's nothing actually there in terms of Satan and God and all that stuff. So I always wondered when I was a kid, like, is that Marilyn Manson's point? Is he it's just like Alice Cooper or something is like, is he so about like the antichrist sim- symbolism and all of the evil looking stuff, stuff in his art and the way he's presented as an artist, because he doesn't actually believe in any of it. And he's just doing it to scare your parents and to make himself seem more enticing to kids. Right. I mean, I have a, so I have a quote pulled up here um, because he was a friend of uh, someone named Anton LaVey, uh, who inducted him as a minister in the Church of Satan. Right. Um, I don't really know enough about that stuff. I just, I only know the one thing. So here's what Marilyn Manson had to say about, about that and about his views. Um, I'm not a misanthrope. I'm not a nihilist. I'm not an atheist. I believe in spirituality. Okay. But it really has to come from somewhere else. I learned a long time ago, you can't try to change the world. You can just try to make something in it. I think that's my spirituality. It's putting something into the world. If you take all the basic principles of any religion, it's usually about creation. There's also destruction, but creation, essentially. I was raised Christian. I went to a Christian school because my parents wanted me to get a better education. But when I got kicked out, I was sent to public school and I got beat up more in public by the public school kids but then i'd go to my friend's passover and have fun marilyn manson right so um i recently kind of figured out from a from when magnified pod had scott from uh five iron frenzy on and he's the member of five iron frenzy that left the band early because of um because he was actually losing his faith right Mm mm-hmm so he left, and Five Iron Frenzy was still very strictly Christian at the time. So he could basically had to leave. The, he, you could say he was standing there in the spotlight, losing his religion. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's also bald, just like Michael Stipe. <laughs> so that makes sense. But um, and in their dis- in Magnified Pod's discussion with Scott, and now you know now Scott's in Five Iron Frenzy, and not everyone in Five Iron Frenzy is believes what they believed back then, and and there might be more athe- more of them maybe thinking on the side of atheism than just Scott at this point. I don't really know. I don't pay that close attention to this stuff. But they discuss the idea of like of agnostic theism. And I was and I responded to them. I'm like, agnostic theism, I think that's what I am because I believe in a creator. I personally I was raised to believe in Jesus Christ and all of and his power and his glory and you know saving our souls and everything so i don't choose to just throw that away but at the same time i don't feel like i'm an atheist i just don't have i just don't want to i just don't feel that way but i also think like you we can't really know everything out there so i kind of lean on the side of being like a christian agnostic or an agnostic theist like i believe there's a creator and i believe in creation and and personally i believe in jesus christ having saved my sins uh, I believe a lot more reformed things on from that, from what the church made maybe taught me in terms of like how the way they persecute homosexuals and the way we treat other religions, how they all need to be saved, and how you know how exactly do you get salvation through Christ? Like I was taught one way, and that's not really what I believe exactly anymore. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just felt like 
getting to that because here I'm learning about Marilyn Manson. And yeah, Marilyn Manson, I will say, however, that when I was a kid in the 2000s, although I did not like his music, it would have been tougher if I liked his music because then maybe I would have been enticed by him. But I was like kind of grossed out and scared by him. Right, like, yeah. The, the, the artwork that he... I was not interested in that artwork. Like I liked Nine Inch Nails because... There was some some of the st- like I didn't like the nihil- there was nihilism in his lyrics that I didn't understand like sexual stuff I didn't understand when I was a kid, but I liked sort of like the the some of the look and the feel of like some of the art and the way he presented himself with his clothes or his cinematography in his videos. Some of it was too scary, but Marilyn Manson like took it to the next degree that I didn't. Yeah, even didn't appeal to me. Even just looking through his discography earlier this week, I was like, man, some of these album, uh, like the album art, is difficult to look at. Right. (laughs) And yeah, I just, I just liked lighter. I liked more melody and lighter music. I just, (laughs) so I just was never appeal. Marilyn Manson's music in and of itself never appealed to me. So I didn't have, I didn't have to feel torn about whether or not I wanted to listen to his music, and. Yeah, his imagery really turned me off. And I don't know if if that's just a matter of my Christian upbringing or not. I mean, it'd be very simple to say, yes, it is. Or am I just in my personality type not appealed to that? Because there's plenty of like 70s and 80s punk bands that have horrible imagery in their album art that I still love the music. You know what I mean? Like and bands that, you know, I don't like Gigi Allen or something, but there's like plenty of like more probably violent or upsetting lyrics in some punk bands. And I'm like, yeah, I'm interested in that. I I like that band. (laughs) What's the most controversial band you like, Nanny? Today? Sure. Uh, you know who, speaking of Manson, did you ever listen to Charles Manson's albums? They're actually a lot better. They're a lot better than you'd think. I'm just kidding. I've never. I don't know who's the most controversial. I can't think of it right now, but uh, yeah. Um, I, I like putting on Guar every now and then. Oh, yeah. To Guar, be honest. Yeah. yeah. They've got that fun, like deep mythology and stuff. <laughs> right. I love a good story. So, <laughs> well. And it's just like Gallagher at the end of the show. You got to bring a raincoat. Slightly different reason, but similar. Watermelon or, you know. Other stuff. Other stuff. Yeah. yeah. I didn't say it was into all their their thing. I'm just saying <laughs> some of their music's kind of fun. And, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, man. If you want like a less out there version of, of Guar, you've got People Mover. Hmm. PPLMVR. Right. They're pretty fun. Yeah. We saw them with the Aquabats. Yeah. They dress up like Yetis and they've got a bunch of cool stuff going on visually. Yeah. And their videos playing they're behind like them and stuff. Rock. Yeah. They're pretty great. So for my deep dive, uh, I found an interview with Ethan Luck from November 1st, 2011 from IndieVisionMusic.com, where when asked what interview question he wished people would stop asking, he said, Matt and Matt would probably say bringing up Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend. People would always ask if they were sad that Marilyn Manson ate their girlfriend. It's just an old cheesy song. Yeah, they'd much rather have Skittles and Combos than being asked if Marilyn Manson ate my Skittles and Combos. Oh, Marilyn Manson can have my Skittles and combos. <laughs> yeah. So the way that they draw, the way that um, Reliant K played this song up through 2001 and dropped it in 2002, like shortly after Anatomy comes out, sort of points to this thing I was talking about earlier in this larger discussion I've been having with them about them with them 
with who was I talking about this with? Who's the last person? Was it Magnified Pod? I don't remember. I think it was Magnified Pod. But I was talking about how, like, yeah, I'm realizing that when Reliant K started, they were like, let us start a Christian punk band. But then they kind of put that aside quickly. You know what I mean? Like, they mm-hmm. were like, let's actually just be a band and stuff. And uh, the fact that they dropped this song so quickly, I think, is a testament to that. And the- yet they felt strongly enough about the song to bring it from the the demo, from All Work and No Play, over no, to I'm, the self-title. That's what I'm saying, is with the self-title, I think they were still in that mode of yeah. let, let us be a Christian punk band. But by anatomy, they were less about let us be a Christian punk band and more like let us be a Christian punk let's be let's be a christian punk band that is more like mxpx you know what i mean yeah no i just meant it's so funny that they felt strongly enough about this song or liked the song enough that they were like yeah we want this on the self-titled because there are a few titles on all work and no play that didn't make it right and i'm dancing around it but yes they they if you look on setlist fm they have never played this song in the last 20 years they dropped it after the second album came out. And it's amazing that it's a music video. It was a single. We're coming at you from 2022. Hello, <laughs> listeners. 18 years. 18 <laughs> years. They haven't played it in 18 and a half. 19 years. They haven't played it in whatever. And they, it's got a music video. And it's got all this stuff. And they very quickly, after like a year of it being a nationally known song, they're like, we're, we're done Ooh. with this. This is too much. Like it got <laughs> it got worn out for them immediately. And it's not like other songs. Like it's not it, if you there was some interview I saw and maybe you have this one where it was like early on. They're like, will you ever play Marilyn Manson ain't my girlfriend again? And Matt Thiessen was somewhere along the lines of like, oh, you know, we got pretty tired of that one and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But like, no, they never played this song again. This song got retired at the second album and never came back. They've played K-Car here and there. They can they continued to play Softer to Me up through like when the Johns were in the band. Like there are songs on the self-titled album that they'll, they'll dust off once in a while. They have never dusted off Marilyn Manson at my girlfriend they played 17 magazine he played a solo acoustic guitar 17 magazine we saw yeah from like post collapsible long era and they've never dusted off Marilyn Manson my girlfriend it was the lead single of showing them <laughs> off to the world it's like if the Beatles had never broken up and then they ref- refused to play love me do or something <laughs> well I've got an article here from CCM Magazine about the origin and the story behind Marilyn Manson Ate My Girlfriend. With the chorus, Marilyn Manson Ate My Girlfriend, Satan Consumed Her Mind, and He May Do It Again, the hit single, My Girlfriend, could be considered one of the most unusual quote-unquote love songs in Christian music history. Reliant K's guitarist-slash-vocalist-slash-chief-songwriter Matt Thiessen wrote the song when he was 15, before the Ohio-based group had even formed. Inspired by a female friend who lived eight hours away in Pennsylvania, Thiessen is quick to explain it wasn't a girlfriend-slash-boyfriend relationship, but it was, what is it with all these, like, Christian bands (laughs) being all like, oh, well, she wasn't my girlfriend, it was just a girl I knew. Like, MXPX has, um... Oh, uh, Crystalina. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's just a girl that was a friend. You know, I didn't want her to be my girlfriend. We were just friends. We take a real Mike Pence stand on this. I'm never alone with her at any point. Unless my wife is there. 
Teeson is quick to explain it wasn't a girlfriend slash boyfriend relationship, but it was a friend who was a girl. We had a relationship where we would talk a lot on the phone. Sometimes we would talk about things of deeper consequence of spiritual matter and usually just kind of seeing where God was taking us in the future. After a while, though, things started to change with her. He continues, she started getting into Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson, that an obsession grew out of it. And through this, she changed her lifestyle and what she believed in. The change in mindset eventually led to Tyson's quote-unquote girlfriend being expelled from school, getting kicked out of her house, and moving into a youth detention center. Jeez. <laughs> All because she listened to Marilyn Manson. There's like a, there's usually a root to these problems, but it's presenting yeah. it as if she listens to Marilyn Manson. And that's a thing that, that does really bother me. It's a thing that sort of irks me out about this song it's and about cause, other the, the Christian viewpoints is, yeah. some of these social things. Yeah. Is that, and a lot of parents are really quick to blame music or Dungeons and Dragons or some sort of outside force for their kids' problems instead of looking inside the home. And right. that's really unfortunate and and does a real disservice mm -hmm. but she believed in sin we haven't even talked about that line but that's why <laughs> we gotta talk about through it all she had this newborn dislike for me and what i believed in says teeson now 21 she felt that christianity was stupid and just this big hypocrisy being young and impressionable hashtag I cancel christianity <laughs> i just realized that this is the perfect time to be talking about this episode because that's that's trending on twitter right now I just wrote this little stupid song, but that was the way I dealt with it, writing this song about how she got so consumed by Marilyn Manson. The song, which came from a very sad chapter in Tyson's adolescence, resonated with many listeners when it debuted on the group's freshman album in 2000. The song's music video even received a Billboard Music Video Award and a Dove Award nomination. <laughs> what? What? It is a fun video. Uh, it's a fun video. Does it, does it goofy, deserve a nomination from anything? I don't know. Other than the Razzies? Still, the group's reference... What doesn't have a Dove Award, by the way? Everyone's got <laughs> right? a Dove Award. Dove awards are like, it feels like they're one of those awards that like you pay and you get. It's like, in the, we mentioned this episode all the time. It's like in the Simpsons in the B-Sharps episode when he's like, here, I'm just, and he's like, oh, it's just a Grammy. And the bellhop throws it off the balcony. Hey, don't throw your junk down here. Still, the group's references to Marilyn Manson caused a mild controversy, Tyson recalls. Some moms didn't want their kids listening to our records and stuff, but that's expected. People look for stuff like that sometimes just because they want to be safe all the time. Today, Reliant K continues to play the song for its fans who continue to request this it. Was a, this, 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 uh, this article then was printed in a very <laughs> slim amount of time. A lot of kids like it, confirms Tyson. We're a little tired of it, but it's a, still a fun song. He adds... You know, a lot of bands have their cliche one song about the about a girl, the relationship that went wrong or all that stuff. We don't actually have any of those songs right now. I think we may in the future. You know how it goes. Well, you, you sure will. <laughs> but it's so funny. See, now this article was printed before they had retired the song. But the article I saw, they had retired the song. And he's like, oh, you know, we got tired of playing it. But they talk about in multiple interviews how tired they are of mood rings and how tired they are of... Sadie Hawkins dance and they never retired those songs but this like oh, false front facing <laughs> interview thing where they're like oh we just got tired of the song it's like no I think behind the scenes you got embarrassed of it because I specifically remember and I got to see them play it live so it didn't irk me that much and I kind of knew it was silly song and 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 it's some of its message was was a little was wrong headed 
But I remember in those times where I would basically, what I would, I didn't know it was called standing at the time, but I would stalk fan uh, Reliant K <laughs> all around Soul Fest. And they were so gracious about it. Like I literally would be just be hanging out with them and just walk standing around where they are. And someone else came up and I knew, oh, this, this person's time to talk to Matt Thiessen because, you know, I've had him for like the last half an hour. And they came up and it's like, are you going to play Marilyn Manson? And this might have been 2002, 2003. It's like, oh, are you going to, you ever play Marilyn Manson and my girlfriend again? He's like, no, we're, we're kind of done with that song. He didn't say like, oh, no, we're tired of it and maybe we'll bring it back someday. He's like, no, we're, we're done with that song. He like he was honest about it at that moment. And I knew at that moment, like, never ask him about Marilyn Manson and my girlfriend. <laughs> I was today many years old when I learned that Stan meant stalker fan. Yeah. <laughs> Did not know that that's didn't know what, what that, that meant. meant. <laughs> no. I don't know if, I don't know if, I don't know if Eminem, speaking of controversial 2000s figures, I don't know if he, he thought that up when he called that character Stan or if it just rhymed with fan. But yeah. I think the whole Stan thing. Is I a thought it. Mix. I thought it originated from that song. Honestly. I think it's a mix of that and Stalker fan. I don't know if Eminem actually knew that when he did, but everyone calls Stan Stalker fans, and it also comes from the Eminem song. So in an interview uh, in Detroit at the 2005 Warp Tour, Teeson stated the song was retired from being performed live in 2002 during their Australian tour. Yes. Do so you think um, Zeke Power? Got one last chance. You think he was at the last live showing of Marilyn Manson ain't my girlfriend? Maybe. Yeah. So we forgot to talk about the one lyric, but the she she once believed in the truth, now she believes in sin. Oh. Right? It's like so she likes this artist, and that means she believes in sin. But if you're a Christian, don't you believe in sin? Because you're like, hey, that over there is a sin. Yeah, but I guess it's not. So saying, you're believing that something is a sin. You're just being pedantic. <laughs> no, yeah, I know what you mean. But then I mean, like they believe you that, play devil's advocate all the time. I know, I know. No, but they mean she believed in the truth, but now she chooses to believe in sin. She wants sin, which is harsh words for liking a this generation's Alice Cooper. <laughs> you know what I mean? How dare you? Alice Cooper's badass. M- Marilyn Manson is 100% the evolution of Alice Cooper the same way that like Prince is the evolution of Little Richard. I guess. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they, they, these they, these artists kind of paved the way for each other to each go a little bit further. Yeah. So um yeah, it, like it's just so funny like equating like liking music to sin. You know what I mean? And like my understanding of sin as an adult has definitely changed. Whereas when I was a kid and I was the way I was taught in youth groups and schools and church was like these things. Here are the here's this list of things that are sin. And if you do these things, God like looks down on you. And then there's that whole list of like, here's a sin that God can't even save you from homosexuality. And that's where that's where my whole way of thinking apart from the church started to start come from i'm like wait god can save you from all sins but if you are gay then he can't save you he won't save you like the idea that you couldn't be christian and be homosexual was like so antithetical to what i've been taught since a little kid Mm -hmm. where god will save you like even thinking from the and i've talked about this before but even thinking in the christian mindset where they think homosexuality is a sin well then that sin should be no different from any other sin they should all be able to be overcome through Christ and you yeah. go to heaven. So it doesn't matter if you're gay, 
if you believe in Christ, you will go to heaven. But then certain, and I went to so many different denominations, they all had different ways of talking about this or ignoring it. But certain churches I would go to, they'd say, literally, if you were a born-again Christian and you're a homosexual, your homosexuality zeroes out your salvation and you will not go to heaven. And I'm like, that makes no sense. And that's where I started to think, apart from what American evangelical Christianity was teaching me. And none of these churches I went to as a kid presented themselves as evangelical. They all presented, I don't know if it was like a Northeastern Boston thing, because that's generally a more liberal area. Not really what you think of as the Bible Belt. Do you think of the Northeast as being? It's actually more Catholic. Like all of the roots mm-hmm. there are more Catholic. So when you get into Protestant, born again Christianity, like I think they needed to present themselves in that in those communities in a different way than say a christian church a protestant born-again church would present itself a mega church would present itself in the south when you're in the northeast they didn't present themselves as we're an evangelical church they presented themselves as some denomination and then they would be teaching you evangelical ideas and i realized especially in the last three and a half years how i completely reject ideas of evangelicalism and and i but i still believe in jesus and just look how evangelicalism created Marilyn Manson, created what they think is their enemy. I bet they think they're Batman having accidentally created the Joker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what that that's what that one little Christian urban legend that would pass around right. in the emails. That's, I think that was the dramatic irony. It's like how Batman threw the Joker into the vat of acid and created his greatest enemy. Christianity accidentally created our greatest enemy, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Our greatest enemy. I don't know, man. I was just taught that that God loves everybody. He does. <laughs> I always come from more of the the place of like everybody's saved if you're just a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I found I'm going to skip over song meanings because it is exhausting. If you want to look up the song <laughs> meanings for this, maybe we'll do a Patreon. I'll lead it. We'll do a, go to patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod to hear our special Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend song meanings Uh. episode. Um, and I did find a a Wattpad fanfic that the author called, uh, Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend. And I'm not sure if it's a chapter or a whole fic, uh, because I don't really know how Wattpad works. Um, and their 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 note on it is, let's just say I had a dream based on Reliant K's song, Marilyn Manson Ate My Girlfriend, Never Again. Um, it's dark, so I'm not going to read it, oh, but just know story. that it's out there. Yeah, wow, just know okay. that it's out there. Is Reliant K in it? No. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go over to a Sun Sentinel article. Oh. <laughs> so the South Florida Sun Sentinel news. Dogma keeps Reliant K from being fun. I've seen this article before. Have I read it before? Because I don't think uh, I have. I don't remember. Because optimism breeds fiction. Identity yes, we read this because have... this first sentence confused the heck out of us. <laughs> okay. The heck. Are the... you sure? Yeah, I'm almost positive. Well, let but read me it just... now because okay. you don't remember, so it's new to you. <laughs> because. Because opposition breeds fiction, identity, and finally purpose, Christian punk popsters Reliant K should thank the Lord for the Marilyn Mansons of the world. Reliant K performing on Saturday at Olsner Skate Park in West Palm Beach gets to define itself in part by picking on heathen rockers such as South Florida's very own Manson. Oh, yes. 
I absolutely remember this. Oh, okay. Because I, we even questioned that moment. <laughs> and at the time, we were like, oh, it's going to be a long time before we get to that song. But Marilyn Manson's not from Florida. We had a whole conversation. This is early. This is oh, last okay. year. Yeah, this is yeah. like, I think this might have even been in our first, our run of first tracks in our, when we first premiered the show, when we first were only doing first tracks off each album. Maybe he was born there. Hang on. Yeah, I think we looked into it and we found out he was born there, but then moved to Canton, Ohio. Moved yeah. Moved to Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, re- I remember this, but it's been months since we talked about this article. Oh, no, that's right. So he was born in Canton, but he went to school in, he went to college in Florida. Oh, okay. To Broward Community College or something <laughs> like that. Right. In uh, South Florida. Yeah, yeah. So you, you do want me to continue reading? Yes, please do continue. Okay. If only they knew what exactly to pick on. My girlfriend, the second tune on rookie release Reliant K, Goatee Records, laments a sweetheart lost to disgusting trash on MTV and to one of that network's staple performers, Marilyn Manson, ate my girlfriend. I think you just mean Marilyn Manson, but sure. Uh, goes the perky refrain, Satan consumed her mind and he may do it again. She once believed in the truth, now she believes in sin. If Less Than Jake or Blink-182 were playing the song, The Holy Heart... Yes, I remember this article I re- <laughs> because I remember that line. And we were like, the Holy Heartache would be tongue-in-cheek, but while Reliant yes, K has the sound of punk irreverence, rarely is it deliberately ironic because then i was like first of all lesson jake would never sing the song and maybe hypothetically because tom zalong actually was is a is he even says he's born again christian now he's even more open about it now but or even i don't know if he says born again but he says he's christian and he was raised in sort of more strict christian upbringing yeah i was like maybe tom zalong would have sang this song but no way less than jake sings this song all right i'll just skip forward a little bit railing at manson from rock's pulpit for breeding little monsters plays right into his wheelhouse manson gets to preen and call himself subversive because look right thinking christians are all mad at him again besides everybody knows that manson is passe among satanists who now (laughs) fling their goats heads at rob zombie (laughs) <laughs> but they this were is both the greatest <laughs> article ever written. Like, I just, like, it's so florid. It's like it's so, so poetic. Flesh. What an a hole this person is. Seriously, I'm gonna start writing reviews like this. I love the idea that Marilyn Manson is now passe among the Satanists, like how the Beach Boys became passe among real surfers. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, we had a whole conversation about whether or not Tom DeLonge would write Marilyn Manson. Not a whole conversation, but more than I would want to admit I to this I love day. that this, this article ends, though, with Reliant K headlines, the, <laughs> the $6 and a blanket tour with special guests Fillmore and Ace Troubleshooter. The show starts at 5 p.m. on Saturday at the at the park, uh, and then they give the West Palm Beach address. Admission is $6 with a new or barely used and clean blanket or canned food item to be donated to a local homeless shelter. Like, so this person rails Reliant K. <laughs> it's just like, fuck these guys. Oh, but also be sure to go see them and because they're helping the local homeless. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> And that's the kind of climate that Reliant K was dealing with back then, man. (laughs) Too Christian for the mainstream, too mainstream for the Christians. And that's why 90 Pound Wuss had to break up. Wait, who are we talking about? (laughs) 
don't think anyone would call 90 pound was christian uh, i don't think anyone would call 90 pound was mainstream no they were too christian for the punks and too punk for the christians anyway so then i have a blog post here from love that dog uh 1118.wordpress.com I, <laughs> I love that dog too totally crushed out that's a great album uh stories from a jesus freak marilyn manson any of their other album names ate my girlfriend have you noticed the world today way back about 14 years ago reliant k saw the world going to marilyn manson and told the world in their song marilyn manson ate my girlfriend Funny song about a very serious topic. This song is from the point of view of a guy whose girlfriend was eaten by Marilyn Manson. On the surface, it is a physical eating, but really it is a metaphorical eating of the soul. She once believed in the truth. Now she believes in sin. This girl is turning out to not be what she once was. It's a true turn of so many people today. They are consumed by worldly things. They are so consumed, in fact, they forget who they once were. Don't let that blame you. In the video, it isn't too late for the girlfriend, and it isn't too late for you. I also just wanted to point attention to the fact that at the end, they exit through the colon. They ma- That made me laugh. Happy week. <laughs> Should we get into the video now, or do you still have more deep dive? Because that would have been the perfect way to get to our next segment. Yeah, I probably should. <laughs> and from that... Let's go into the music, music video. video. <laughs> so yes, the music video is outstanding. It is an award-winning <laughs> piece of filmmaking. Double award-winning. Um, so one thing I want to say is that when you go online for years and would try to watch this video, you usually got this really, really bad bitrate one. Like the most viewed version is yeah. this really crappy bitrate version. Please go and make sure you find the version that's uploaded by Goatee Records' official YouTube channel. It's only got 9,000 views. It was uploaded six years ago, but it is the full HD version. I actually, because of that lousy, low bitrate version, I was thinking it's on the the Goatee Records um, full music video collection that we on DVD that we bought. We only bought, like I was in like <laughs> I don't know enough about other Goatee album uh, artists. Let's let's. It's like yeah, I really only like. Reliant K and John Rubin like that's that's as far as everyone for me and and you know I like everyone else like they're very talented but it's just not just like how I don't like I don't like this kind of gothy industrial I don't like I don't necessarily like a lot of metal I don't like hip-hop I also don't care for a lot of what's on goatee records I'm sorry I'm very close-minded I'm never the person who says <laughs> I like all kinds of music but I do like all kinds of music I like jazz music I like punk music i i like skate punk i like hardcore <laughs> punk i like pop punk you like ska punk i like ska punk um before we go into this video yes. why don't we go on ahead since we're running quite long and take our break that's right we'll be right back and we'll be talking about the music video for relying k's song oh sorry jessica's looking at me angry here's our break Hey, we wanted to take this moment to thank all of our Patreon subscribers who have joined over at patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. Brady, David, Tucker, This Might Be a Podcast, Owen, Jimmy Eat Pod, Roxanne, and Samantha. If you're interested in becoming a patron of Sadie Hawkins pod, we're doing great stuff over there. We're reading through the complex infrastructure relationship book that Relying K totally wrote. Ooh. We review other bands that are related to Relying K. We do. And we'll be doing most of the K for Karaoke tracks over there. Yeah, that's right. We have two, five, and ten dollar levels. Everyone who joins gets stickers, and there are other perks you can decide on. 
Thanks again to our patrons, as we feel really fortunate to have all of you. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and interact with the show at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter, both at sadiehawkinspod, and call our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And we're back. (laughs) So we're talking about the music video for uh, the song My Girlfriend Had Marilyn Manson Devour Her. Hold on. Where is this video? (laughs) It's even worse. (laughs) My Girlfriend Was Devoured. It should they should to avoid that that unfortunate sexual entendre. They should have called it "My girlfriend was consumed by Marilyn Manson." My girlfriend was, my girlfriend was consensually consumed by Marilyn Manson. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. Or was she was masticated by Marilyn Manson? That means chewed, chewed on. Like you eat, you masticate food. So yes, here is the Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend. Now, hey, this is an excellent point to our question from the beginning of this podcast but on the official goatee records youtube channel this video is called marilyn manson ate my girlfriend see right there oh yeah it's not even called relying k marilyn manson ate my girlfriend it's just called marilyn manson the girlfriend. girlfriend yeah <laughs> so this was uploaded in 2014 the full hd version although i would say it should probably be in 4.3 so i may still want <laughs> i want a proper <laughs> people HD does not mean you cut off no. the top and the bottom of the image. Nope. It means you put the proper you put the proper aspect ratio. Get out of here, Disney Plus. Get out of here with your automatic scratch remover. Get out of here with your HD remasters of things. Give me 4 by 3 aspect ratio in the fullest definition of that 4 by 3 that is available. That's what I want for anything that was shot in a native 4 by 3. Anyway, the music video for Marilyn Manson and My Girlfriend, it's never looked more beautiful than when you see the official it's goatee true. upload. true. Yeah, it, it, looks it looks so, so good. good. So yeah, we bought the Goatee Records video vault just because we were so sick of the really bad looking upload. But then I found out, oh, it's been on here, but it just not, it's not the top result when you search for this video. Oh, and the only video to contain Stephen Cushman. Only video to contain Stephen Cushman. And I had something to say about that. And that is when... So the video starts with them running down an alley, and then it cuts to these these sock, sock puppets, puppets who are doing the woo 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 part for no reason. I would like to say I've haven't talked about this that much on the podcast, but I'm realizing that Reliant K, especially up through mm-hmm, is a very twee band. All their artwork, all their stuff, all their creative visual aesthetics are all very twee. So I really want to get like someone who can talk about the visual. If anyone out there can talk about the visual artwork of in presentation of Reliant K like from their album art to their to their ads to their to their merchandise and their music videos and just how twee a lot of stuff was how it's always like creative cardboard cutout things like cutesy little cartoon drawings like it always seems like it's like Wes Anderson style meets like nerdy stuff you know what I mean that's always seems like what they used to do back in the day Uh, something like that sure like how the cover of the Christmas album is like a cart is like construction paper collage yeah yeah they were always so cutesy twee stuff but anyway I love the that they introduce them each by name and they use this like 1997 Microsoft word art for it now there he is gradient so there's Steven and what's amazing is they're running down the street and there's a freeze frame on each member of the band and it shows their name. Steven has the most amazing guy liner I have ever seen. There he is. 
<laughs> and this is pre. <laughs> this is pre American Idiot. This is. I've like, never watched this HD version of it. Wow. Right. So I'd never noticed how thick the eyeliner is on Steven. Wow. It's amazing. And like, it's not like when that guy liner stuff like really exploded because of Billy Joe's. Billy Joe Armstrong's presentation on American Idiot and after. And then you have good Charlotte really push the guy liner stuff. I suppose that sort of theatrical pop punk emo of like My Chemical Romance would really push the guy liner stuff. 20 years before you had Striper and Poison. But when did guy liner... Guy liner must have had like a slow burn for the pop punk emo side of things. Because here you've got the one-time drummer of Reliant K with amazing guy liner on in 2000, <laughs> like, you know, two years before, four years before American Idiot, two years before Good Charlotte is really blowing up on the radio. Because he was super into Marilyn Manson. That's why they kicked him out of the van. They yeah. found out he liked Marilyn Manson. I mean, I don't know why Steven <laughs> left the van, or if he left or was kicked out. But Anyway, that was my first note was Steven's amazing guy liner. And yeah, let's see Brian's Bush shirt. Oh, I should take a screen cap of this. It's this when they're oh, um, damn, I missed it. <laughs> it's when they're playing. Oh, I got it. So here's the girlfriend, and she's just walking down the street having a great time. And yeah, it's just like this fun little scene. And he's it's wearing like, a red hat too. Yeah. ahead of his time, that Brian Pittman. is Marilyn Manson played by a lady. That's what it always, I always seemed to me. I thought it was. It always seemed like yeah. Maybe they did yep, that. That is absolutely 100%. Beatrice is correct. That is a Bush shirt. Yeah. And I don't think he's wearing it like in a cutesy, ironic way either. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know Brian personally. No, we don't know where they got. So this is basically like a take on Power Rangers <laughs> at the beginning where they're like defeating the giant Marilyn Manson. And they all just girl. put their fists together and they like send send uh, a green laser both. at her. And then they jump I in mean, Marilyn him. Manson's ears. And to see the fully <laughs> high definition version of them falling into Marilyn Manson's head is really cool. Because it it's is. this green filter around them. <laughs> it looks pretty great. And then it's just this is really cute and creative, like them inside. I wish it was to a more fun. I wish wish it was to like a cooler (laughs) song. (laughs) So I had probably a low definition bitrate version of this on my iPod video. I remember that. And Jessica was having a glum day at (laughs) at at college one day, and I'm like, "Hey, I want to show you something." So I give her my headphones on my iPod video. And she starts watching for the first time in like 2005. <laughs> she starts watching this video and she's like, even though she loved Reliant K and she, this was her first Reliant K album, she's like, this is the dorkiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I also love that. Um, now Doctor Strange is the dorkiest thing I've ever seen. Now, do- yes, now Doctor Strange is the dorkiest <laughs> thing you've ever seen. So. I wonder if, uh, speaking of the Wes Anderson... Oh, where is this? It's inside Marilyn Manson's stomach. But no, then, I can't. I know where they're going. Not, I, that's what they do. They're inside Marilyn Manson's body trying to get the girlfriend out. And then for some reason, there's a mini Marilyn Manson inside Marilyn Manson's stomach. And I'm like, is that supposed to represent like Marilyn Manson's... I meant is this like a a place in in Ohio somewhere where it's like a 
fun like laser tag place or something. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like they decked. The, it seems like it's an. It seems to me like I know I never watched this HD video very much. But when I would see the low bitrate version, it always seemed to me like they were in some sort of like office building or something, and they decked it out with a mm. lot of set design with all this stuff to make it look like they're inside a human body. It, it does look like kitschy 60s. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it, and it looks like that kitschy 60s like sci-fi kind of thing, which, which you know, goes towards your, like, how it has that sort of 60s beat and, and influence into it. It is kind of, like, strangely meta that inside Marilyn Manson is another Marilyn Manson that they then play rock, paper, scissors with to defeat and take the girlfriend out through Marilyn Manson's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it says they go out through the colon. Oh, yeah. Someone was absolutely high when they came up with this concept. (laughs) I'm sure they weren't high, Jessica. They they were against Marilyn Manson. <laughs> but I love this video. I love that it, the story involves the whole band. Mm-hmm. Like unlike say, uh, must have done something cute. right. Yeah, where Tyson breaks off from the band to go have the story of the video. Like I I wish that that's kind of what we got with the John's version with the John and Dave and the John and Ethan. Well. Now they think about it, Ethan was never actually in a video, was he? Because there was no videos. I mean, he was. He's yeah. in. He's there's a cartoon bunny version of him in the Christmas video, but I don't think Ethan was ever in any live action videos. I'm just realizing this right now. Um, Dave was always because because mm-hmm. there's no videos and Firescore. Um, those were all Dave. Right. There's no videos for anything off of. Forget not slow down. Forget not slow down. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just clicking, yeah. this is just clicking in my brain right now, but and Ethan's they left, not... like, right after Collapsible Along. Um... Yeah. And there's not even really a video for Collapsible mm-hmm. Along. There's just the Don't huh. Blank video, which doesn't involve the band. Yeah. Yeah, so Ethan's not yeah. in any videos. Anyway, <laughs> but Steven's in it. This is the only video with Steven in it, but there's no videos with Ethan in it. And my point was, I wish we had a version with the Daves and, with the Daves, the Daves and the John, the, the Johns and Dave. Where the whole band was involved in the story. Hashtag luck out with the pod. <laughs> luck out with the pod and get worn out on the pod. So I had some other... Let me double check if... Uh, what's up with Steven's guyliner? I said that. <laughs> Best version to watch is the one from Goatee six years ago. And I played this video for Jessica in college. Those are my comments on the video. Do you love that video? Yes, you do. Thank you very much for saying that you do. It's great. <laughs> it's cute. It's good stuff. So... Have you ever wondered what it would be like to see that video set to the song Runnin'? <laughs> this may be someone who's, who's, who listens. I, this name definitely seems familiar. Okay. Valerie Lorman. Okay. Uh, and five months ago. Oh, wow. January 2016, 2020. An idea I've had for a long time where Runnin' audio is over the My Girlfriend music video. Older Reliant K means newer Reliant or older Reliant K and Newark Reliant K collide. I hope you enjoy the video. Please. Oh yeah, it does match up pretty well. The drum matches up. Unfortunately, Tyson's mouth flaps. Yeah. Don't match up a bunch. That's the only problem. And I... They match up nicely in some points. <laughs> yeah, that like, the snap zoom that they keep doing with, against the girlfriend kind of goes in time. That's fun. This does match up strangely. 
Oh, and Brian Pittman's Bush shirt is in the band playing yeah. footage, not in the story footage. Yeah. So you got it. It's fun. All I can do is run right into Marilyn Manson's head. The only thing I would maybe... I mean, they just put it... Valerie just put the song over the video, it mm-hmm. seems like. Maybe if you went in and chopped out the band footage, the performance footage, I wonder how it would also play that way. Mm. Because the mouth flaps in the band footage sometimes match and sometimes don't. There's nothing you can really do about that because the song isn't literally, you know, the same song. Fan vids. We have fan vids this week? We do, but we have some more live footage oh, first. Wow. <laughs> so we have two pieces of footage of live video but also i just wanted to play there's this one version where someone uploaded the album track we're almost done i swear but someone uploaded the album track but they put a they put a picture with john schneck playing the banjo right up front like a live (laughs) photo interesting with john and john on the stage but all you really see is dave drumming John Schneck taking up most of the frame holding a banjo and then Matt Hoops and you can barely see anyone else you can barely see Tyson or Warren behind them and it made me think like wait because this is the still frame on the image that's what this song is lacking banjo yes but because this was the image on the video I was like wait there's a video of them playing this song live with John and John in the band and John playing banjo no that's just an (laughs) that's just a stupidly pictured picked picture so here's the band sometime in 2000 ish playing where apparently this is after steven had left the band but before dave had officially joined or something because apparently the drummer from fillmore is filling in and unfortunately it does not say where this footage is taken it just says i think fillmore's drummer played with relying k for this show but doesn't say if this is cornerstone or some sort of similar thing it's not soul fest i can tell you that much because i just don't recognize this set this uh stage and here's the video you know what i I don't like well i don't like it when bad things happen to me and something terrible happened to me I love that people are just like, he's like, I don't like, and they're like, boy bands. And people in the audience are going, in sync, Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah, see, there's like lots of things to hate. You don't just have to hate Marilyn Manson. You can hate those other Satanists <laughs> like Backstreet Boys and Insync. Reliant K did a cover of I Want It That Way live mm. at this time. Ooh. But then fan mail sort of beat them to it, getting on on a record, and then Reliant K stopped playing it. I don't know if those two things actually line up, if Reliant K actually cared about that. I just remember seeing Reliant K play this song, play I Want It That Way live a bunch of times in the early 2000s, and then it being on a fan mail CD. I and... for sure am going to go look that footage up after this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's them actually playing Marilyn Manson, Ate My Girlfriend, live at some place, probably in 2000. <laughs> well, let me tell you... Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend. I love slash hate his little inflection there. Like, Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't even talk about it, but yes, on the all work and no play version, he does more of the British Teeson thing. He does. Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend. Do we have video? We didn't play that version. What? Do we have video from that era? No. (laughs) It's too bad. I've never seen any pre Steven footage of the band. I would love to hear British Teeson live. 
That would be absolutely amazing. So let's... Oh, I skipped way too ahead. I was going to say, let's skip ahead. But yeah, this version sounds real bad. <laughs> I mean, they just sound loose, but in a fun way. Like, they sound loose and, and, and bad in a good way. So here's some more of them playing like this. that they like zoomed in on Tyson's guitar but like mainly what you see are these two people in like a budget rental truck in the background just leaning and hanging out and there's Tyson not using a pick um yeah it's like slightly discordant like they're just like they're like they're more like fugazi back then than anything else they're just like they're so loose and like it just sounds really great in a really bad fun way uh and then we have one other live video I found, and this is from, I've got it, the Electric Youth Tour, October 20th, Connors, Georgia, Teen Planet venue. We see this footage all the time because someone uploaded individual videos of each song. This is uploaded by Brian Leverett. Here is Reliant K. And I wasn't sure if they were still, because I remember that thing where they had stopped playing the song. I'm not, it's not like I have all of these memories collated in terms of a timeline. So I was like, did they stop playing it by the time of the Electric Youth Tour of Five Iron Frenzy? No, they played it on that tour as well because here they are playing it in Georgia in October going a little British teeth in there. He is, and those Georgian kids are loving it. They're saying this is like a Georgia peach or whatever Georgia's known for. This is like CNN meets, this is like a varsity hot dog rolled into a Coca-Cola bottle. I love it. Those are the only things I've ever done in Atlanta. I've spent... I spent handfuls of half an hours in Atlanta driving up and down the East Coast between Florida and Massachusetts. And each time I'm there for a short amount of time, I go to the varsity, look around, get back on the road. <laughs> so let's play a little bit more of this cause, and then double check what if what they play on the little breakdown part. <laughs> Oh, 
they only ever played beautiful people during that breakdown maybe i'm falsely remembering because of the opening to the all work all and no work play version. no play version and i just realized we never played the all work and no play version so let's play it right now <laughs> Yeah, so I think I heard that little opening part in the all work version and I assumed to myself, oh, they must have also done this during the breakdown and when they played it live. No, they only play Beautiful People, as far as I'm aware, before they retired the song forever. <laughs> so now let's see. Now we have fan videos. And first I have found this little video. It has nothing to do with Marilyn Manson and my girlfriend but with Ethan and John and John Ooh. in 2012 for with almost with four and a half thousand views tack rep two uploaded this video in June, 2012, where it says Reliant K helped me propose to my girlfriend, Shelby, who is a huge fan by making this video for me. I played it for her as the lead into my proposal. Very cool. She loved it and said, yes. So here's a 19-second video Aww. where Reliant K is standing, like, in the middle of the woods. <laughs> like, it looks like it's behind my dad's house. <laughs> and it's very Reliant K of them. Very Reliant K. I mean, Tyson is wearing a tank top. This, he's like, he's like, <laughs> hey, in 2016, this is all I'm going to be wearing. So, and then they're all going to help propose to Shelby. Hi, Shelby. Hi, Shelby. Hi, Shelby. Hey, Shelby. How are you? We are Reliant K. Reliant K. Awesome. Reliant K. Alright. Yeah, uh, your boyfriend has something really special to ask you, and we want to listen. <laughs> and they all leaned in with their ears. Except then, like, Schneck is maybe, like, playing with... It. Oh, no, he's giving thumbs up. I thought he was, like, squeaking his nipples. No, he's giving <laughs> thumbs up right Jeez. over his breastplate. Damn it. <laughs> Danny, why didn't you propose to me this way? I know, right? I, th I did. I thought your name was Shelby at the time. 
And I realized, oh no, her name was Jessica. Shoot. So I had to scrap the video. So um, there's two fan videos. And one is My Cat Slinky. (laughs) There's two fan music videos. And one is this person has their cat Slinky just running around set to the all work and no play version of the song. I guess this counts as our... (laughs) We could have just played this instead of having to cut to the song earlier, but... So there they go. Slinky's just having a great time walking around the woods. There's Slinky, Jess. Did... What what does this have to do with Marilyn Manson? (laughs) I know. And why did they pick the all work and no play version? (laughs) And this isn't the only time that happened... So there's one other fan video, and it also uses, for some reason, the all work and no play version, and it is this tribute to Jenna and Jana, uploaded by my Ms. Stupid Mexican. That's their name, not mine. Ms. Ms. Stupid Mexican uploaded on December 20th, 2009. Jenna and Jana, haha, this is old. We love... We look like crap. I miss you. Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend by Jenna. Uh, and then I guess it's just like footage of their two friends in a park. And they she misses Jenna and Jana. I just don't understand why they all of these. Maybe they're not friends anymore because one of them got eaten by Marilyn Manson. <sighs> I guess that's possible. Or one of them fell off that tire oh, swing. Geez. It's slow motion footage of her falling off a tumble. Tumbling off a tire swing. And the other one laughing. Yeah, so it's just a little French, little tribute to their friendship. And then some still Stills. photos of them in a creepy house dressed <laughs> in parkas. <laughs> but so, not Reliant K parkas, like no old lady parkas. And then, good news, Jessica. I know this episode's going long from the long discussion, but we only have three covers of this song. Oh, wow. I would think there would be way more covers of this song, but no. First we have... That sounds about right. Taylor Woot, who I had definitely have definitely seen on Twitter. I don't think he follows us. I don't know if he listen, <laughs> listens to us. But Taylor Woot, four months ago, uploaded a piano cover of My Girlfriend by Reliant wow. K. And it goes like this. Walk through the streets of PA and you may see her I love that he's already messing with the timing of the song a little bit. Yeah. But making it work in yeah, its own way. It totally does. Discussing trash on MTV and makes her smile. That guy from Satan's embassy put him on trial. makes it like a little torch song it's kind of pretty i like it <laughs> it is pretty um let's just double check if he does like quit little... swirling your bourbon around this isn't Sorry. a patreon episode i know <laughs> i'm having bullet bourbon tonight 
No, no, uh, no little sample of a Marilyn Manson song. <laughs> then we get to revisit our very favorite tribute band of all time, Princes of the Sun, with their full Reliant K self-titled tribute album. They're not a tribute band. They're a band nice. who did a tribute album. Nice. Of, of slight, of very, of con- consistently iffy covers <laughs> of the first Reliant K album. <laughs> And here is their cover of My Girlfriend. This definitely has that, like, 60s from <laughs> yeah. campfire feel or whatever. But I was also going to say, whereas Taylor Woot messed with the time like the timing of some of the lyrics when Prince of the Sun messed with the timing of the lyrics. It's not playful. It's just (laughs) off. (laughs) I love this Prince of the Sun album because it's, like I said, it's consistently iffy. It's consistently inconsistent. So in a way it's great. And they're the only people who did this, a full, a full tribute to the Reliant K self-titled album. I'm just waiting to find out that Princess of the Sun is actually like Brady or David (laughs) or you can see my socks or Clint or someone like that. (laughs) And they're just being real quiet about it. Apparently that line, she'd rather gaze in Satan's eyes than a steeple, is derivative of a Marilyn Manson lyric somewhere. I saw that on Genius, but then I didn't Mm -hmm. have the wherewithal to search for it. Because I was afraid (laughs) if I searched for Marilyn Manson, then uh, I'd get all kinds of bad stuff on my phone. I'd get ghosts on my phone. What? (laughs) If I searched like ghosty stuff on my phone, I'd get ghosts. ghosts Why not like demons or something? That's what I meant, but I was afraid to say the D word. Oh, <laughs> just kidding around. So finally, and I referred to the I referred to this a little bit earlier in terms of how Reliant K was a goofy youth group band who just made it, just like how my theory <laughs> is that this is. And I don't think I've ever mentioned this in the podcast before, but Quentin Tarantino. Yep. I believe when you go to a comic book convention and there's a Q, <laughs> yeah. and there's a Q and A. And there's a really withdrawn guy who's a little like, who's like a little cringy when he tries to talk and he, he tries to be like all, all like boasting and stuff, but you're like, oh dude, this, and, and the, the cliche is that when he goes up, when that person goes up to the Q and A mic at a comic con, they'll say, um, actually Quentin Tarantino <laughs> is an, um, actually mm-hmm. like, full of himself comic book guy that made it to a millionaire to who became a millionaire yeah he's he, the, he is an um actually movie nerd yeah that just so happened to make it right so when you go to a q a and the question is um this is less of a question and more of a comment <laughs> that's quentin tarantino yeah. just remember next yeah. time you're at a comic-con if you ever get to go to a comic-con again in this day and age but next time you're at a Q&A Comic-Con type thing and there's a guy who goes up and kind of embarrasses himself, but he's too unaware of his surroundings to know he embarrassed himself, just remember, he could be the next Quentin Tarantino. Well, in a way, 
Reliant K is like Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> where they were a, a, a lame, goofy youth group band that just happened to make it into legitimate artistry with their later albums. So here we have a band that didn't get there. This is Easily Amused, playing at their church youth group or something, playing a cover of My Girlfriend on March 7th, 2001, uploaded by Tripoli. Uh, no uplikes, no downlikes. Only 86 views three years ago. I'm giving it an upvote. Watch it be deleted <laughs> now. What is this picture on their screen? It looks like a tire with a globe inside right. of it. They're playing in a church this? sanctuary stage with one of those projection screens behind them where you'd normally have like the Bible verses and the lyrics for the worship songs. Oh, something just popped up. And there's like a logo up there possibly for their youth group or their church. These kids are Wait, all... Wait, you said 2001. This is like taken I said 2004. On a, uh, this is, yeah, this is like taken on a VHS recorder because it has the, the... The date. The date on I it. I said 2004. Oh, okay. So these kids are all like skate punk kids, Christian skate punk kids with plain t-shirts and like... Floppy hair. Floppy hair. Uh, I don't know if they're wearing like bullet belts or, <laughs> or uh, chain wallets, but they certainly could be. And they take a real long time to get to the song in this video. Nice. And, and again, they do they're playing the demo intro. version. <laughs> Why do people love the demo version of this song? Is it because... What's the deal with the demo version? <laughs> is it because the production in its own way is more fun? Because again, like I said, the, studio, the final studio album is super compressed. At least the demo... <laughs> I love that the lead singer kid is he is he is banging that floppy hair around. And look how the girls at the youth group that night lose their minds oh, for this it. song. It wow. sounds like these girls are dying, but it they're screaming. It sounds like the Beatles are playing. Like the panties drop for Marilyn Manson, <laughs> my girlfriend. Oh, no, wow. Add whatever youth group this is. <laughs> Inappropriate, Jessica. Sorry. I don't know what this lead singer is doing. He's like swaying his hips, but he's got his one wrist layer, his arm real close to him. And he's kind of like swaying his, his uh, wrist a little bit. It's a very like. Right. Like Mick Jaggery move. I don't know. <laughs> and then there's this one little moment in here that got extra like what? There's a drum solo in here for some reason. I didn't know <laughs> about awesome. that. Somehow yeah! they added a drum solo Woo! to the middle of the song. It's rocking. Doesn't matter. The crowd loves it. And I'm trying to find this other moment that gets very embarrassing. And I am not easily amused by it. Here it is. They come back to the chorus. All the guitars drop out. And now they want everybody... To get funky, everybody. What? Marilyn what? Manson, ate what? my girlfriend. Here it goes. What? Oh yeah. They're doing the like Eminem hand thing, but why? It, uh, uh, excuse me, it's a John Rubin thing. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. They like br they legitimately break down the song, and they're like, "Hey, everybody, get funky." Put your hands up. It's real fitting for this song, don't you think? <laughs> Jessica looks like she has no interest in this anymore. <laughs> She's hiding behind her bangs. 
this is a haunted this is a haunted it is crazy that it's happening in a church sanctuary because this is one of the most haunted videos i've ever seen what do they say do they say what's the matter with school or do they say mad hoop school oh let's find out i've got the phone right against my ear to listen I think you they might don't have gone do it. Past no, it because... yeah, I don't know. Maybe they did it earlier, but like where yeah. it should be, they just kind of break down the song again and start going, whoa, 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 whoa. They really have fun with this version of their version of the song. It's great. I hope they're still rocking up wherever they are. Easily amused, you very rocking easily... up, rocking out, rocking, rocking up, down, ro- rocking for Christ. <laughs> easily amused, you easily amused me with your stage <laughs> antics. <laughs> So editorial note, I, I didn't I didn't mention at the time because he was on a roll, but I think that you got sweet dreams and beautiful people confused. Oh, I absolutely did. Yeah. So just throwing just throwing that in there. <laughs> oh well. Same song. <laughs> so I wonder if they couldn't get it on they didn't i don't know if they didn't put it on the final version of the album because they were like it'd be too much to actually put a marilyn manson sample even though they're playing it live what it equates to a sample of marilyn manson just do the most the favorite co- record just do the most famous cover yeah yeah so that is marilyn manson ate my girlfriend and i'm happy to say <laughs> that jessica and i have been married for 10 years and there has been minimal uh consumption of her by marilyn manson <laughs> Which is to say there has been none. And I appreciate it, Jessica. I appreciate that you stand by me I do and refuse I to be eaten by Marilyn Manson. Yes. Thank you for listening. And please go cast your ballots and nominate us for a Dove Award. 